recorded that as a part of the, the initial intro, it would have worked a lot better. But now we're doing this shit, and that's completely fucked as an intro. Welcome to Critical Apocalypse episode 177. My name's Matt. You're Rant. How you doing, Ant? Now go on. Go on, tell <coughs> a little joke. Tell your little thing. What? Say your little line. What joke? The thing that no, you were joke. saying about Jewish people. No, I was talking about mixing colours in the wash. You said something about showers a minute. I wasn't ago. joking about anything. I was saying you just got to because if you if you mix light and dark in the wash, yeah, my um my Bill and Ted T-shirt goes grey. Do you know what's a little bit dark? The joke you were trying to tell before the podcast started recording. Welcome to episode one hundred seventy-seven. As always, we're here to review stuff and things. Can't as... get me cancelled. I'm not going to get you fucking cancelled. No one really gets cancelled. It's consequence culture. And let's face it, we've both said stuff on this podcast that if people have found us through the podcast, they've more than likely got a plethora of information they can cancel us with at any moment in time. Isn't there an episode where I pretend to be a white winger, a right winger, at the very beginning, like for like the first fifteen minutes? I'm talking about some pretend. <laughs> Burnt my club card, so they can't really can't see I'm part of the organisation anymore. Um, and how you doing? We've been up to Christmas. We did our last the end of the year thing. Yeah, that was right after Christmas. Yeah, we had uh, New Year's, and uh, we're here, still alive. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, through all our through all our sins. Yeah, just uh, good well, intro. Well done, nailed it. Real Perfect. Ten percent minutes just... from me today. <laughs> You're freaking... <laughs> it's because I went for a run. Before. You've really captured the hearts and minds of everyone. You know, really, I feel like I've got them in. You know, yeah. you got them in the door. I've locked the door. <laughs> they can't leave now. They've got to stay. Because of the implication. Because of the implication. Yeah. You know, wait, what are you going to do to them? I'm not going to do anything, <laughs> but they'll stay. Because of the implication. <laughs> um, so we review stuff and things. We review, we review video games and movies and TV all the time. In fact... What a great lead-in to my first review, because I'm just going to fucking get to it. We're not going to play games. I was first. No, I'm first. Are you? Yeah. Oh. You did... Yeah, because you went first on the year end. Did I? Yeah. So, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my review first. I'm going to talk about The Matrix. <laughs> I need to leave that for smarter people, don't I, Ant? Smarter yeah. people that understand subtext. Yeah. When subtext is text. It's because subtext subtle. is for cowards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, my first review. I'm going to review Cobra Kai season four. Cobra Kai, and uh, the the program, the follow on from from Karate Kid. Hmm. Um, not Karate Kid four though. Was it four with Hilary Swank or three? Four. It was four. Yeah, because three. No wait, no, because wasn't three chosen the where they went to Japan, and two was the one where Mr Miyagi refused to teach him, so he went to Cobra Kai, and the first one was the one with the crane kick. Or am I getting two or three mixed up? I can't remember. No, nor can I. Anyway, um, so I've watched all of Cobra Kai season four. Which I've also watched the, the other seasons. With Will Smith's kid. That's Karate Kid. Yeah, I think people shouldn't be so harsh to that one. It's quite good. You know, Will Smith actually produces the Cobra Kai series. Does he? Yeah. I think he probably owns the rights to Karate Kid. Probably. <laughs> or, or his son Jaden does. Yeah. Um, when is he going to change his name to the artist formerly known as Jaden? Have you read some of his tweets? No, no. Spectacular. Sure. They are spectacular. If you want to really think about life. Can you talk about Cobra Kai? I'm going to talk about Cobra Kai. How did um, you get onto Jaden Smith? I mean, Jesus. He was, well, you asked a question about Karate Kid. Um, yeah, so, uh, so I've had my issues with the series. Like, past, past seasons, I don't know what it is, but just, I think the transition from a YouTube show to a Netflix thing, sort of the first few episodes of the YouTube series were really good, and it just sort of became quite 
quite twee and quite blur, just bland. But then after the acquisition to Netflix, mm-hmm. it's just better and better. It's just it's just improved every time. I I, I don't know it's how YouTube weren't making a TV show; they were making content. That's true. I don't know how much, like how how long the series has in terms of legs, because they're still playing on that whole um, that whole Danny Larusso and Johnny just can't get on. They're just always arguing. They're it's always scrapping. No, not yet. No. Rumors that she's coming in the next season. No. Rumors. It's always rumors. No. Uh, but um, but there's just this. The, uh, Elizabeth Shue's been in it. Oh, she was in the third series. She good. came back and she was like, she was like, Johnny, I loved you. You were a lot of fun. But then. You know, um, but I didn't need a karate kid. I needed a karate man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> she karate chops him. In the, no, it's um, no. He just gets really sad, and she walks off into the distance. And then that music goes, but a dum bum 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 bum. Do 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 do. They just work the Scrubs yeah. court score into it. Oh, oh, right. You know, whenever JD's yeah. someone's upset when Brendan Fraser dies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they play, um, what is the song? Colin, 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 hey, I can't get no sleep. I can't get to sleep. Seems I'm, no, I don't know. I don't fucking know. The guy from Men at Work. You know, I come from the land down under. Dun, dun. He's got his own album. It's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Is it Colin Hay? Something like that. Anyway, uh, uh, Cobra Kai. Yeah, so, uh, Johnny and, and, uh, Danny have teamed up in this series to take down Cobra Kai. So Johnny started Wolf Fang Karate, which is pretty much the exact same thing as Cobra Kai. It's all about aggression and power and speed. Whereas Danny is still ta- teaching Miyagi, Miyagi Karate. So Miyagi-Do is his dojo. And he teaches defense, using karate defense and, and striking your opponent when they go to strike you. So using their weight and their power against them. Mm. And... and they are working together for a lot of the series and it seems like they've got like a good relationship forming and then they just can't do it. For some reason, they're both too pig-headed. And I hate it when series do this, but I know what it's like. Old white guy's going to argue. You know, they disagree about something, they're never going to let Danny's it go. Danny's not white. Danny's white as shit. He's Latin. Eh. He's, he's um, freaking... He's mixed race. His last name is Machio, isn't it? Yeah. Which sounds like a white guy coming up with a Latin name. Ralph Machio is like, was freaking? I don't know. Possibly, I can't remember. Oh, who sure. cares? Who cares? He's a white guy. For all intents and purposes, just two old white guys can't get on. So they no, I'm uh, not a raceologist. So they uh, so, Michael Richardson. So they do eventually disband their combined thing, their combined dojo. But some of the some of the some of the students stay with Miyagi, and some of them go to Wolf Fang. Uh, in particular, there are. Um, there are certain like certain players who have been throughout. So like Sam, which is Ralph Macho's daughter. You've got Danny uh, Johnny's Johnny's son, his uh, son that he doesn't really see. He's over with Cobra Kai, and then he's got his new adopted child. Well, not really adopted, but he's sort of like a surrogate Kidnapped. father too. Yeah, like uh, short round in in terms a of doom. No, Miguel is his neighbour, who is the whole catalyst for this thing kicking off. So he's the reason that Cobra Kai came back. He's the reason Johnny got back into karate. He's the reason that like all this karate shenanigans have kicked off again because Johnny saw him getting bullied by some kids. He jumped in to defend Miguel and then from there taught Miguel karate. And Miguel just became really good at karate. He just, he got really fully into it and then just started kicking the shabby. Broke his back at one point, but bounced back because of the power of karate. That does come back in the series. But anyway, so Cobra Kai series four. So some of the things I like is the previous series, the fighting never really felt too real. There was a lot of like quick cuts and stuff like that. 
Whereas even in like the karate tournaments, it felt very much like it was all like done on a CGI and they just like sort of comped people in and shit like that. You can't get a whole audience nowadays. You just No, that's true. But in this series, the karate actually feels like these guys are performing some of their own stuff. And it looks pretty good. It's a pretty well shot action fighty fighty stuff. Especially the tournaments themselves. Like some of the some of the characters that have been doing this obviously like I think it's four years, five years that they've been shooting this series. And like they've literally grown on screen because some of them are four. actual teenagers. Yeah, but it can it's not every year. Yeah, well that's so four or five years. They didn't spend five years filming four. They spent four years filming four series. Well, it could have spent five years. <laughs> it took a year off. Could have spent five years. Yeah, it could be a lengthy process. But um, but some of them are really interesting characters, and they've done really well. Like Dimitri and and he calls himself Hawk, which is quite funny. But he had a cleft lip in the first series. You can't call yourself Hawk unless you're this a member of Action a, this Force. Kid had, this kid had a cleft lip in the first series, and like his best friend was Miguel. And then they had a nerdy friend, Dimitri, who wasn't really into the whole karate thing. And then Hawk basically went to Cobra Kai and he got this new confidence from completely changing his personality and changing who he was and just becoming like, you know, a punchy, kicky guy. And he gave himself a mohawk, which is why he was called Hawk, yeah. and got a back tattoo of a big hawk, which is quite funny. Yeah. Um, and so he like acts like he's this like perennial badass, but he's actually just a kid trying to hide who he is. Yeah. Um, but he sort of embraces his old personality. He comes back in this one, and like he loses his mohawk because like the other team he lost him in a fight. They sh- they do they shave his oh. head. It's really de- dehumanizing. It's really hard to watch in a show like this. But he loses his mohawk. Kurt Angle bounced back from that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he loses his mohawk. But he comes back, and he sort of like he he is one of those people that says that I embrace both the fact that I've got this aggressive form of karate that I was learning originally, and now I'm doing Miyagi Do, which is more defensive, and I can combine those things, and I have a flair for this sort of thing. And then also Dimitri is now doing karate as well. And he was a kid who had like no physical prowess and like in the actual series himself, when you see him moving around and stuff, he moves like an awkward teenager who's just had a growth spurt, who is, you know, awkward in themselves. And now that he's been doing karate for a while, even when he's doing the fight scenes, they seem a bit like they're obviously staged. But he handles himself well in those situations now. And it's like him on screen for a lot of it. And it looks decent. I mean, a lot of that could be the stunt performer doing their side of things as well. So if he's fighting someone, you don't see their face. They're obviously doing a lot of work to make the other person look very competent. But at the same time... It's do they do the elbow sniff thing? What's the elbow sniff thing? It's a stunt trick where during fights you see it a lot in Power Rangers. Oh, the, the, the. they put the arm up. They do loads of moves that involve their ha- arms going up over no, their face. No, not, there's not like a lot of that because it's karate. It's a lot of like hands in front of you mm. preparing for like kicks and stuff. But yeah, it, I really enjoyed... Just give everyone long hair. That's yeah, how you do it in that's wrestling. A good, it's a good move. Everybody's actually got shorter hair this series, yeah. which is pretty strange, because lots of people did have long hair. But yeah, it's it's a good series. It's not like... It's not groundbreaking television, but if you grew up... I mean, who didn't, like, our age, grow up watching shit like The Karate Kid and ITV fucking every weekend for, like, a year? You know, all this stuff was out there for us, just constantly on TV and it's nice for someone to take the idea of a series and sort of evolve it so that it's like adults and you're like these are still two fucking idiots we're going to get a TV series of baby geniuses never like with the baby never. geniuses all growing John up John Voight isn't allowed around children isn't he because he's a fucking creep yeah I mean everyone I mean, yeah that's John Voight's theme he's a creep he's a fucking creep I reckon he's going to get me too but it'll be by his own daughter. It'll be Angelina Jolie. It's like the only reason we found out that I was his daughter was because he hit on me in a bar. And I went, I'm Angelina Jolie. And he goes, wait, did I bang your mum? <laughs> anyway, John Voight, that classically trained actor from Anaconda. You're looking in the eyes. <laughs> that was his Cajun voice. 
Look in the eyes. You'll see the blind spot. There's a snake. Is it? <laughs> yeah, that's John Voight. Is that what you sounded like in that film? Yes! Is it? Do you not see an anaconda? Not for like 20 some odd years because no one's watched Anaconda since it came Eric out. Eric Stoltz. Yeah, there's a Owen Wilson. Yeah, good reason not to watch Ice it. Ice Cube. Yeah. Ice Cube, well shit. Ice Cube from Triple X2. Yeah. State of the Union. And you're saying, oh and shit. And. Go to Mars. Jennifer Lopez. Oh, no, I was talking about Ice Cube. Yeah, I don't care about Oh, Ice yeah, Cube. Jennifer Lopez is in it. Yeah, well. that's the. Jennifer Lopez is the star. Yeah, she is. And the snake. And the snake. But, you know, the Played snake. Played by Ron Jeremy's penis. The snake got a bigger trailer. That's why mm. she was so upset about that film. Yeah. That's a good film. What, Ron Jeremy's Anaconda. penis? Anaconda. <laughs> but yeah, series. What was that film where his dick comes to life and kills people? Kai. It's pretty good. It's. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a Julianne Moore. Pretty good. It'll do some shit sometimes, but it's pretty good most of the time. And your review. I'm trying to drink my own brew. All right, yeah, but you got to review something. Right, I'm gonna go retro first. Folks at home, he is doing this all whilst drinking iron brew. Um, Star Trek Deep Space Nine Season 2! No, porn. Now, the good thing about reviewing Star Trek Deep Space Nine is, is that um, I've thing. constantly got this looming threat of Paramount Plus taking all the shows from Netflix on a whim. Because they took, they took Discovery, they took Discovery off Netflix, and then everyone was like, what the fuck? And then they put it on this Pluto service that no one's ever heard of. Hmm. Um, Pluto's weird. It's full of like, like um, Earth Final Conflict and Didn't stuff like that. Didn't you say that, that it, you can't actually choose what you watch? It's like TV. Channels. It's a TV. Yeah, it's a TV. Everything. It's like a TV channel. Every, there's there's multiple channels. There's a Baywatch channel. You can just watch Baywatch. There's a there. Baywatch channel. Yeah, but you don't have to sign up to it. Stand in the darkness. You just you just turn it on. Anyway, Deep Space Nine. I've been watching that. Yeah. Um, and season two. Is like, you know, you always have the first series of any of those shows. They have a little bit sort of rough around the edges where they haven't quite figured out the characters. But season two, they've got it down. Like, you know, Jadzia Dax is a bit sassy now. Who? Jadzia Dax. Terry Farrell. Who? She's a fucking legend. Did you ever watch um, the um, Ted Danson comedy Becca? Yes. Yeah, the woman in that. One second. Let me just quickly Google Becca. Why would you Google Becca? Just to Google Jadzia Dax. Because that name is fucking ridiculous to no. say. But um, yeah, all the characters Alex are much Desert. more. Fle- what Alexis Denisov? Is that who you're looking up? No. <laughs> who are you talking about here? Jadzia Dax. Who is this? Terry Farrell. Who? J- whatever. Anyway, so these. Oh, Nine. Terry Farrell. Yeah. Why didn't you say that? You That's kept saying Jadzia Dax. Yeah, Jadzia Dax is a character's name. Because I'm talking about Star Trek. She's very attractive. Yes. Oh, she's 58 now. She's yeah, she's brilliant. still. Yeah. She's almost as tall as me. Yeah. She was married to Adam Nimoy. Poor, poor... Friggin oh, she's still married to Adam Nimoy. Yeah. Spock's kid. Is he, though? They mm. might just have the same last No, he's Leonard Nimoy's kid. I know. It's a fucking... Who would call themselves Nimoy on purpose if they could choose their name? Fans of Leonard Nimoy. There, it's season two. Deep Space Nine. If I, if I can start. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, it's really good stuff. This reminds us of a what's simpler the, uh, time of Star Trek. It's the one that's got the theme song from Deep Space Nine. Anyway, so in the first series, they were establishing stuff, and every now and again, there was little rumblings that, oh, there's something out in the Gamma Quadrant that rules the Gamma Quadrant called the Dominion. <sighs> who are they? And you don't know who they are. The but you don't find anything out about them. You just have to, like, there's a couple of episodes where they get mentioned, and that's it. And in the second series, a little bit more of that. You hear rumblings. Quark sorts out a, a deal to Quark? trade with the Dominion, Quark. which is, uh, you know, 
a big thing. Like yeah. he, he said, well, it's some wine trade thing, but the Ferengi love him for it. Who are the Ferengi? Um, God, so you should watch some Star Trek, you fucking Philistine. That's what you are, you're Who's a Philistine. Philistine. Anyway. Rick Stein's wife? So there's been little rumblings of the Dominion. And then by the end of the series, you get to the end of the series and you meet your first members of the Dominion, <gasps> like the Jem Hadar, which are an alien race. They, they're a warrior race. Okay. And you meet another alien, but they don't give you the name at the time, but it's the Vorta. You, <gasps> you find out they're called the Vorta. No. And they're a bunch of clones. One of them's going to turn up multiple times, played by, um, who's that guy? Who's in, he's in Frighteners and Brain Dead. Um, not Brain Dead. Not Brain Dead. Reanimator. Him. Oh, um, Terry Crews. No, not Terry. Fucking. <laughs> You're talking about the same person who was who played H.P. Uh, Lovecraft in Necronomicon. Maybe, probably him. Um, let me just quickly remember his name. He's in Star Trek a lot. Yeah, he's in everything a lot. He yeah, was also great. he was originally going to play Doctor Strange, but it became Doctor Mordred because they couldn't get the yeah. rights of Doctor Strange. Yeah. But anyway, it's it's really good because it's like slow burn over the whole series where Jeffrey you get little Grimes. time. Yeah, I told you that. You get little tiny little bits of information. And I was talking to Kev the other day about how, like, like the first episode of season three start ends off with Odo meeting, like, more of his race, who are tied into Dominion, you find out later. Hmm. Um, but me and Kev were talking about how if this was a modern Star Trek series, that entire plot arc where they hear little whisperings and then they make, you know, meeting with certain people and then they meet the, you know, the Mid-Dominion, that would have been like episode three of Star Trek Discovery by now. Because they they don't have any patience. But these older shows, they do. They've got the patience to take their time, dip in and out every now and again, do their own little individual stories that flesh out the world and give you a new, like, Star Trek-y stuff going on. Good bit of science fiction every now and again. Because that's like part of the whole thing with Deep Space Nine. There's There's basically three strands that run through the whole series from start to finish. And it's like, you know, what's going on with Bajor and Cardassia after Bajor's been released from the occupation it was under, which is all about rebuilding the society there and all this sort of stuff, and Deep Space Nine's rolling it. Stuff going on in the station, because there's, you know, all the life of the characters living on the station, they're stuck in one place. They don't get to fly around the stars like the Next Generation crew. They have their own dramas and stuff rather than having to get involved in everyone else's. And then there's the Dominion stuff. And it's like nice little core storyline things. And Deep Space Nine is great for that. Because there's a lot more human stuff going on. I don't mean human is in the race. I mean human is in human stories. About people, like, struggling with their lives and shit. But, yeah. Friggin' great series. Friggin' perfect series. And, you know, they're, they're gladly, they're not going to do any sort of reunion or anything. Hopefully. Never. Because half the cast is dying. Because um, Odo died, didn't he? Rene, mm. Rene Aubergenois. And the ki- guy who played man. Nog. Who? Nog, he's one of the Ferengi. Um, he died. Um, Aaron. <coughs> Aaron Eisenberg. Aaron Eisenberg, yeah. Wait, who did he play? Oh, he played that one! Nog, yeah. He goes to conventions with like the full makeup on and everything. He went to conventions. Yeah, he went to conventions, yeah. I mean, you could still... Right. Have some respect, he Just died. pop the makeup on a mannequin. He was 50... No, 40? Yeah, he wasn't that old. He played older than he really was in the show, though. He was, he was meant to be like a one, teenager. One and a half metres tall. Yeah, he's shorty. Shorty boy. He was in Star Trek Voyager in the episode Initiations. Maybe. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Deep Space Nine is really good so far. Like, the fleshing out the characters and stuff. It's still not hit its, its stride. Armin Shimmer, man. Which is where it hits in Series 3, I think. Deep Space Nine really hits, like, its weekly everything's firing all cylinders 
stride during season three, which is similar to Next Generation. Next Generation has a very rocky first two series. René Aubergeon? Oh, René Aubergeon moi. He was 79 years old. He's a ledge. He's a snake man. And he turns into what? He turns into a snake. No, he turns. he's a shapeshifter. He turns into all sorts of things. He had no face. Look at the face. Yeah, it's because he, he can't no face. get human faces right. He can't get human faces Although right. Although it turns out none of them can. That's just what they look like. To be fair, in real life, I don't think you got a human face right either. He's in all sorts, Renny Aubergine. But look at that glorious hair. Yeah, he's in tons of stuff. He was in... Um, I like his jumper as well. He's in Batman Forever. Oh, shut up, Batman He gets the guy... You know the guy who gets strapped on the chair and pushed out the window? No. By the Riddler? No. When he's like, oh, you're the boss of Riddler's... No, that guy thing. has a face. Renny Aubergine doesn't have a face. Yeah, he does. He doesn't look... He has no face. There he is without his face again. That's Odo. That's not Odo. You're saying that a person can be two people. This is madness. It's makeup. What? Yeah, the Star Trek Space Nine's fictional. He has no ears. He's just got a hole in a fake ear. Yeah, you've got a hole in a fake ear. I mean, yeah, but that's because of the war. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. So, what's your favourite episode of the series? All of them. No, but like, what's your favourite one? Oh, man, friggin', it's just good times. I think I remember individual episodes now. I've watched it weeks ago. I've been holding on to... No, but like, there must be one that stands out in your mind. Mm, I can't remember exactly what episodes happened now. Friggin' falling to pieces in oh, my yeah, brain. Oh, so yeah, it must have been. must have been really, you, really you good. Messed, you messed me up. You must have been really good because you remembered so much about it. I know. But it's all difficult to remember because it watched it over three months. Took me ages to get through this series of Deep Space Nine. Couldn't have been that good then, because it wasn't riveting enough to no, have you were, to the screen. You were tr- making me do podcasts all the time when I'm trying to friggin' <laughs> watch me Deep Space Nine. It's on in the background! Look, we're watching it now! Snake face man's there. There's like, one where O'Brien gets captured by the um, by the Cardassians and accused of a crime, and in <gasps> Cardassia... Which one? Courtney? Claire? No, no O'Brien. Oh, right, okay. I haven't oh. heard about that Cardassian. But in, in in Cardassia, when someone's accused of a crime, yeah, their sentence is already decided beforehand. By who? Because they're like they just they just decide. The judges have decided they're. Oh, guilty. so a judge decides the sentence. Well, once you once you've been accused is of committing a, a crime, you're, you're guilty. Yeah, but it's just so they can go through the thing. It's a show trial. It's it, it, it's a kangaroo court. It's 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 a friggin' reference to friggin' fascism and stuff, man. Like you kids today don't understand you. Stuff. Totalitarianism is what the Kardashians are. They're all about that. Look, right. All about everyone, order and good citizens and all this sort of this, stuff. But the Tories are currently in political control of the UK. I know about fascism. You say they're in control. <laughs> the Tories are currently doing. But that's something. a good one where he gets he gets caught up and you know he's going to be executed and all this sort of stuff and they're determined to prove you know he did some crime. But then back on Deep Space Nine, they uncover who's the real culprit behind it. Jesus. And it turns out it's a whole Kardashian plot. Because they're desperately trying to destabilise things so they can try and claim back Bajor. Because they were like, there's two sets of footprints. Mm. That's because Jesus was with me all along. They want Bajor back because if they get control of Bajor, they've got control of the wormhole. And if you control the means of production, you control the power. And it's upset them because they were talked into letting Bajor go as part of the peace treaties. With the, in the war, which yeah. happened a little bit of that, little bits of that came up during Next Generation. Yeah. And then the wormholes discovered. Yeah. And obviously they'd want that. Fun fact about war, a lot of people don't realise this, but a war doesn't actually end because of the battles that happen. The battles are essentially just trying to make one team less powerful than the other. The actual war itself doesn't end until the two parties sit down to negotiate a treaty which ends the war. Isn't that interesting? So there's no, like, you know how, like, people are always like, oh, and then we ran in and we shot all the Nazis and stuff like that. It's like, all you were doing 
was you were essentially trying to make your number bigger than the other number, so that when when that happened, two people would sit down at a table and go, we'll give you back Germany, but you stay there. And they're like, okay. Isn't that anticlimactic to think that? That there's these big powerful people that never will do any of the work, who will turn around and they'll go, I'm going to trivialise all the lives that we've taken in this big long battle. And I'm going to have a chat with you. Like, isn't that weird to think, though? Because you think, like, the way we're taught things, we're taught, oh, look, then, you know, France and all this shit happened, like, you know, we all went to a big battle, and then we won the battle, and then we eventually won the war. And it's like, you say won, it wasn't really like a victory, though. It wasn't like a, like, it's not like a video game, or like a football match. Like, at the end of a football, imagine if two people were playing football, like two teams were playing football, and they were scoring against each other, and at the end of it, Two delegates from the team sat down in the middle of the pitch and went, yeah, I'll concede that you scored four goals, but our players are taller. <laughs> so we win. Imagine how pissed off you'd be. That'd be fucking awful. What yeah. are you going about now? Sorry, war. Because you're talking about the Ferengis. I wasn't talking about the Ferengis. You're talking about the, the Cardassians. Hmm. And the Cardassians gave up Banger. No, Bajor. 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 And, uh, and they was, were occupying. Yeah, and they, they basically... Much, much like we've done in the past, with you see. multiple countries. During the next generation, they mentioned that the um, the Irish, um, Northern Ireland, broke free of the United Kingdom in, like, 2026, 20, I think it was. Ah, oh, four more years! Yeah, that's, that scene used to get cut from BBC TV. Really? Yeah, they never used to play it in the UK. Isn't it funny that people think that we could just tear up the peace treaties that stopped the Irish Troubles? Hmm. But they don't really understand the history of what happened there, do they? Maybe they would if they watched more Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Maybe they would if they actually looked in a history book. One of the really nah, funny things history is, books are boring. One of the really funny things is like that again. That's a conflict that had no real win because like can't they get Steven Spielberg to make a film to explain maybe, it? Maybe we defeated their army, their military, but we couldn't defeat them in the streets of their towns without multiple casualties of innocent people, like kids and and and, and wives and anyone left behind stuff. So we sat down with them and created those peace treaties. But, like, because we were at war with Ireland for a little while, we, we actually militarised parts of Ireland. We sent over troops. Insane. It's insane, the world we live, live in. And if you can't tell, I've had a lot of time to myself. <laughs> I'm going insane. Ugh. All right. That's my review. You don't talk about Star Trek. I guess. What's, what's your next series of Star Trek, then? Deep Space Nine Series 3. Why are you looking at me like that? Well, what am I going to follow Deep Space Nine Season know. 2 How with? How many seasons did Enterprise have? Four. So, you know... I did all them. It could have less seasons. did all Next Generation. Deep Space Nine could have two seasons. So seven. What are you talking about? There's seven. The 90s Star Trek series all have seven seasons each. Who's the hottest captain? Gender and sex be damned. Just who's the hottest captain? I mean, you briefly have um, Lorca in Discovery, don't you? Who's that? Jason Isaacs. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. But also you had Michelle Yeoh as well. Yes. And she will kick your ass. And she's also very attractive. I can't wait to who's, see that new film she's got. Who's the Oh, uh, everything, everywhere, every time, all yeah, the time. Yeah. Everyone, cool. everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Um, who's the captain in Deep Space Nine? It's the black dude, isn't it? Well, technically, there isn't a captain, not until season four, because Cisco is a commander. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, captains don't captain space stations. It's funny that he can... You get a commander in charge of a space station, or an admiral if it's a certain type oh, of space yeah, station. Oh, yeah, it's a space station, it's not... A, it's, it's more not, of an office. Yeah. But because of the war situation, and that they, in Star Series 3, they give them the Defiant, which is their own little ship that's mm. designed for war, it's basically like a, like a... Imagine if you got a little tiny, like a Vauxhall Nova, yeah. and you put tank weapons on it. Okay. Imagine, like... Peter Dinklage with what's that stuff that they inject into the muscles? Human growth hormones. No, is that like that stuff? HGH. No, it's not that. It's um the concrete stuff that makes it look like muscles. Yeah, but it, everyone just looks like they've got silicon. beach balls in there. Like the um, silicon implants. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's implants though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you no, something else pe- is like some stuff pe- they inject. You get arm implants. You can like inject like collagen, and you can inject fatty muscles. And that stuff. Like they do with lips. But the problem is that stuff can cause Peter Dinklage with giant arms. So, hench, tiny little Peter Dinklage. Not even hench, though. He just looks uncomfortable. And Do you remember that kid? But then they make Cisco a captain because he has a ship. Little Hercules had the muscles? Yeah. And he just became a normal kid. No, good for him. He probably would have done irreparable damage to him at such a young age. Oh, his heart's fucked. Yeah, probably you shouldn't do that when you're that young. Yeah, he's quite chubby now as well. You're not supposed to like do weight training stuff until... Look, right... Don't you tell me how to raise and your kids. muscles are developed enough. Don't you tell me how to raise my kids. No, fine. You you review something. I you... want I want my kids to look like fucking uh, the Herculoids. <laughs> Freaking great. I want my kids to look like the Herculoids. You know those American? They're like they're like little rock monsters. <laughs> really, it's rock monsters. Rock lords. Are they rock lords? Herculoids. They're called over there. What? They're like they beat up teeth. Never mind. Um... <laughs> I'm just remembering now that episode of We Hate Movies where they talk about the Entourage movie and they, they all take the names Aquaman. of... Aquaman. <laughs> One of the greatest, greatest masterpieces of TV. How did that get so many seasons? Why did I watch so much of Entourage? You like Jeremy Piven? I mean, maybe. Mm. Although he's a homophobic monster in that series. Anyway, uh, my next review is something older. I played through Steam World Dig on the Nintendo Switch because it was on offer. It's currently like one pound eighty, I think, at least for a next, at least for another day or so. Um, and Steam World Dig is a Metroidvania, but it's a Metroidvania with a little twist, a teeny tiny twist in the in the in the guy like oh, like a spiritual sort of. It's a bit like Mr. Driller meets a Metroidvania. So there's like certain unlocks you need to progress in the story. But the way that you progress is you drill down into a in, a in a mine, you collect resources to get money to buy upgrades, and then once you've got some upgrades, you can progress to the next mine. And there's three mines in total. It's a really short game, took me four hours to complete, but it was a really nice experience. I had a lot of fun. It's very polished, and there is definitely a reason this is such a highly regarded game. There's only three mines? Yeah, there's only three it's mines. Like four hours. Yeah. Way longer than that in Steam World Dig 2. Yeah, I think there's a lot more. There's like eight in Steam World Dig yeah, 2. Yeah, it's a much longer game. Uh, but, but I remember the first Steam World game. Which it was one? an RTS game. Was that? Yeah, really, really long time ago. Like, goes back like, got 15 years ago almost now. Really? It was a real-time strategy game. It's never been released on consoles. It was a PC thing. Ah. But yeah, really, really fun. Really great concept. Really nice art. It looks spectacular on the Switch. It's all two D like pixel pixel art, and it and it just it flew by as an experience. It just flew by, and since I'm tackling my backlog right now, there's going to be a lot more of this like small quick reviews where I've played something that may be older, but highly recommended. If you've got like two pound burning a hole in your digital currency of choice, 
Um, then grab this game. It's fucking highly recommended. I'm going to give it to Tom Atkins. I really enjoyed this. Is that it? You're, gonna, you're not going to... you got nothing to say about it. What's your favourite um, episode, uh, level? What's my favourite level? The final level's really interesting. Because it starts off, it starts off with hints at like a technological vibe. You don't even know what you're. And then, as you get to the bottom, you find that there's three gates that you have to unlock, and it turns out that those gates are in previous levels where there are additional places that you could now travel to that you couldn't before because you've got these sort of final stage upgrades. Um, Really, really good. And the final boss was. It's not too challenging. It's good enough that it gives you a, a bit of a hard time, but it's not something that's frustration inducing. And also, it's nice and clear what you need to do. You just get on with it, and then you're done. It's fantastic. I love that sort of design to a game, where it's no ifs or buts. It's just get on with it. That's good. No buts in it. No buts in it. I played it in handheld, and I played it on TV. Um, plays flawlessly on both. Looks spectacular. Yeah. Did you play Steam or Dig 2? I'm going to. I'm going to play... Uh, I've got the... I've got, I've got a physical copy I have. Oh, well done. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to play SteamWorld Heist because you advised me that's the next game in the series. Pretty sure it is. Does SteamWorld Dig end with the planet exploding? No. And then SteamWorld Dig's next then. So wait, so wait, what? Dig 2's next then. Okay, so there's Dig 2 and then SteamWorld Heist. Yeah, Heist starts off, uh, planet's exploded. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the whole premise. You're, you're flying around space trying to find, like, stuff and your home world's destroyed and... There's like an order to them anyway. Yeah. I'm just going to quickly look how much it is. I think Quest is like a side thing. It's a side thing. thing. I'm not going to play Quest because I don't want to get into a... I don't want to get into that whole RTS thing. I'm just going to... Quest isn't RTS. Quest's a... Real time. Uh, no, it's an RPG. It's sorry. RPG. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I fucking love this. I, I am going to give it to a go. I'm probably going to add it to the backlog, which negates the point of me trying to tackle my fucking backlog. Are you talking to what you're playing with your key? key I'm quickly uh, checking. Looking towards the microphone. I apologise. The microphone's over here. Yes, I know it's over there, Ant. All right, so... Kiss yeah. today. No so, SteamWorld Dig 2 will be... I will review it at some point. I've not got to it yet. Once I've got to it, I will review it. But this has been fucking spectacular. Playing a lot of Shin Megami Tensei 5 again as well. What a great game. Never going to finish that. I am going to finish it. I've almost done it. Mm. I've got... There's one more map on on Shin Megami Tensei 5. And then I might play it again. I might do it on hard difficulty just to see what it's like. Because I've heard it's really punishing. Um, but playing it on normal, I've not had any issues. I've only had like a couple of grindy moments where I've gone back and I've, I've leveled up. Just fighting some higher level enemies. Um, but for the most part, fucking spectacular. One of the last well, two bosses You reviewed though, Shin Megami Tensei 5 already, didn't you? Yeah, but I was only like 15, 20 hours in at that point. I'm now 40, 41 hours in. Almost almost at the end, but I'm fucking loving it. And it's your review. Stop playing with your keyboard. I'm bringing up the prices for the game so I can buy it. I mean, I've got it right there. Yeah, but you've just said I should buy it. I don't know, I mean, you should, just to support developers. But I'm going to buy it from South Africa because it's only three quid. Okay, so what, what, what is this? Just buy off the eShop. I'm buying off the eShop, but I'm in South Africa for the purposes of buying this game. And it's not very complicated. Other shops have cheaper prices. I buy where they're cheapest. Oh, you're than... such a genius friggin' money in person. I've got to make money where When are you going to invest in Bitcoin? Oh, God, fuck off. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. I don't want to destroy the nice, uh, Nice bored ape there. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine if I became an NFT cunt this late in my life? 
Mike Shinoda's trying to. He's trying to convince everyone, you know, from Lincoln Park. Oh, yeah. He's trying to convince everyone NFTs are great, actually. And, you know, because I think he's clearly invested in them, but he doesn't want people to know yet. So he's trying to make sure his fans love them, and then he'll say he's doing them. The problem with any blockchain-based investment is you're investing in nothing. It's vaporware. It exists only to either depreciate or gain value. And they can, at some point, be... Because it's all meant to be decentralised. So it's all meant to have no real place of existence. It's meant to be something that's for the people, so it can't be affected by governments of the world. You're overcomplicating it. What it is, is... It's nothing. People, people trying to sell nothing. you the bridge. Yeah. A star. Like, something that you can't own. And then they just take the money, and then at some point, you no longer have anything. <laughs> that yeah. thing disappears. Yeah. Do you remember those people who bought that juicer machine? The one that needed a Wi-Fi connection to squeeze <laughs> the juice. And then they shut down the network that squeezed the juice. So you couldn't squeeze the juice. Oh, unless, unless you took it out of the machine, the package you got, put it over the glass, and just squeezed it with your say, hand. Is this the packeted one? That yeah. So, yeah. The, the juicer row. Do you remember they, uh, they were like, coming soon, cartridges. That's <laughs> never coming. All right, your review, Anne. Fucking, anyway, um, hold on. Drinking Iron Brew. Iron Brew makes me want to wee a lot. Yeah, I've noticed that. It's all the sugar. Anyway. Yeah. Well, this is, is Iron Brew Extra. That's just no, regular it's just iron brew. regular iron brew. It's full. It's not regular. It's not a real iron brew. The real iron brew they keep in Scotland. I'm not even kidding. They have real iron brew in Scotland. They have the Steam original World Tower Defense was a DSI game. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, the original it's Steam only, World. Only available on DSI. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Stadia 2020 got Steam World Dig. Oh. Not bragging, but I got Stadia. Oh. So I got Steam World Dig on two. Consoles. You can play it with added input latency. Yeah. That's what we all want. Well, I watched Bakuyu Sentai Abba Ranger. What is this nonsense you're talking about? Do you remember Power Rangers Dino Thunder, the series that Tommy was in? No. The one where Tommy came back and he was a doctor now. Apparently he got his doctorate Tommy in four years. Tommy comes back every five days. He doesn't. No one likes him anymore. They just keep him out. Okay. They try to avoid. They try to just bring back other people. Anyway, I kept thinking he was the one who murdered his housemate with a sword, but that was another No, one. that's freaking Ricardo thingy, not Monteblatt. No, that's fucking Khan. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway... You're so happy that I mentioned so Star Wars. Star Trek. <laughs> so fucking kiss you're so disrespectful. <laughs> fucking disrespectful. There's a new Steam World game coming out. Oh, good. Yeah. It's, it's going to be third person. Oh. Anyway. So, Bakuyu Sentai Abba Ranger. Yeah. Can I, can I talk about it? Yeah, of So, this show, the premise is, in some other dimension... Ooh. The whole world's basically been destroyed. Turned to a desert. Some evil villains have basically destroyed everything. And at the start, first episode, you see a black ranger. He's running away from his ride on a raptor, a CGI raptor. It's early 2000, so it's not exactly convincing, but they're trying their best. It's, you know, I mean, it's ambitious if for the early 2000s. The best, wouldn't do that. But, um, you know, and he, so the, all the other dinosaurs he's got get yeah. sent through a portal and they get sucked to another Earth, which is our Earth. Oh, cool. Which they refer to as another Earth, but it's our Earth. To them, it's another Earth. And the Black Ranger goes through and all this sort of stuff. And the villains have gone through as well. And they're going to start trying to invade our Earth. They've got ways of getting there. Like tele- they've got interdimensional abilities and stuff. So their plan is, is they've got this whole other Earth they can dominate now. Which is, you know, an ambitious goal. Go for it, you know? But what those shows built around is three individuals who have got dino guts... Not literal dino guts. They've got dino guts. Is it basically? It's like they ramp. It's, they're, they're full of energy, full of life, 
You know, it's about rampaging, going full out, all on, full out, done stop, all that sort of stuff. But the Dino Guts is meant to be a deep connection to the dinosaur ancestors and all this sort of stuff. Not that we have dinosaur ancestors, but in this, just bear with it. It's, it's Power Rangers, yeah? Yeah. So it's a bit weird. And three of them have the power, and they help fight the monsters every week, like you expect. Um, You know, the Red Ranger's got a kid. That's a rarity. Don't really get dads in these shows often. No, because they don't really, they shouldn't risk their lives fighting monsters when mm. they've got a kid at home to look Yeah, well, he's, he's, a, he's, um, he's basically like the kid's adopted dad. Parents so, aren't around, so he's got to look after this kid. Well, that doesn't seem like that's very responsible mm. on their behalf. Do they know he fights crime? I think they're dead. I can't remember if he says so, but I think it was like his family. Oh. Like, yeah, so he looks after the little girl and she calls him dad because, you know, he does. He raises her. It's fine. Um, and you got another. You got Ranru, who's like, you know, she's Ranru. Ranru, she's lovely. Ranru, she's a gadget making sort of tech girl, but she rarely does tech stuff. So every time it turns up, it's a little bit weird. She used to be before, long before, she was going to be an idol, and that comes up in the show. She has to dance a stance in one episode. Um, and the third member is like a chiropractor. Yeah, and he's like an expert chiropractor who, like, he'll pick out if someone's got a dodgy back. Just when they walk into a room and he go crack their back into place because he can't stand. He's also a bit of a dick, but you learn it's because his dad's a dick. Even worse, his dad's like loaded and doesn't like that he went and started make his kid made money for himself instead of taking over his business. Yeah, lots of stuff going on with him. And you know, the fourth member is the Black Ranger who can't use his powers for a little bit. He gets his powers back, you know, and he's got all these things going on. They fight back, fight, fight bad guys. Yeah. Um, what this show does really well though is right from the very start. Every single episode is building towards like serious wide arcs, like things that are going to be, you know, set up early on, pay off way later. Like sometimes when you watch shows that are like a year long, or even shows that are a lot shorter than that, it can feel like they're sort of making some stuff up as they go. And they'll introduce an element 30 episodes in for the last arc. Whereas like there's elements in this from the last arc that get introduced right at the very start. There's themes and stuff that really strong run through the whole thing. Because that's been your complaint before with some of the Super Sentai stuff is that it feels like they only have a story at the last couple of episodes. Sometimes. They just like to twist stuff. There's there's a lot of arcs nowadays in Super Sentai and Kamen Rider where they they split up the show effectively and it'll yeah. be like 15 episodes or so will be one set of story and then it'll twist to another direction for another 15 or so. But this is like one long thing. And it builds up naturally. It feels everything feels like it's progressing and pushing towards something. Yeah. There's like an arc going through the series where um Asuka, who's the Black Ranger, his like the villain one of the villains looks exactly like his former um girlfriend, wife. Well, I guess wife. They got married, you find out later. Mm. Um But she's adamant she's not his wife. But you find out later, spoilers for the show, that she is. She got taken over by the villains and used for evil schemes and stuff and impregnated and by the villain and had a baby and the baby's growing fast because the baby's going to be the vessel for the villain to come back in a physical form. He's like a big old seed thing. There's a lot of um, yeah. stuff about whether or not you have control over yourself and your actions and your body and all this sort of stuff going on in the show. I mean, clearly not if you're forced to have a baby. Pretty dark for Super yeah. Sentai. Um, but that arc whole thing that plays out over the course of the whole series is like... Halfway through the series, there's a dramatic one where he fights her and he she's got this power armour stuff. And the only way to get the armour off is to kill the person wielding it. Yeah. Um, and you're supposed to take it, but it does some magical shit and saves the day. She survives, he doesn't. 
<gasps> apparently. Oh, okay. So for a few weeks, for a few episodes, he wasn't in the. Uh, he's not around. Even moving from the title sequence, which is a nice touch to make it feel like he's not around at all anymore. But then stuff happens. You know, she's getting used to having her life back and having her memories back, and he's not there. But then they never quite get to be back together again until the very end of the show, and then oh. stuff keeps getting taken away. It's all this. Will they, won't they? Could they, can't they? Well, they've got to reclaim their lives Should and they, stuff. Should they, shan't they? Um, and it's all really good stuff that you know spreads out over the course of the series. Because there's only like three main rangers, they all get plenty of episodes where they get to do something and have their own little stories and their own little plot arcs and stuff. Um, and also the show's got Abare Killer. Abare Killer? Ab- Abare Killer. Who's a villain ranger. And he's like straight up a villain for most of the show. Cool. For ages. He's the white ranger. Yeah. Um and his whole thing is he's a doctor who basically feels like he he can excel at everything and his whole life he's never been challenged and he feels like he's amazing at everything and that's made him really bored and he hates everyone because of it because he feels like everyone's inferior to him. Yeah. And he doesn't understand why they have to struggle and stuff. He must be superior because he's never had to struggle to do anything. And you, you find out why later on. But um, because he's white. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's a white cis male. So he basically finds a prototype version of one of the morpher things that's supposed to be too dangerous. Oh, of course, it's like his dad works at Nintendo. Yeah, there's this stuff that happens. That's it's something that's built back to the first episode. A thing that happened in the first episode. It comes back way later when you find it. And you find out how he got his power. Yeah. Um, but it's like super dangerous, and if he keeps using it, like. Not only will he he explode, he'll explode in a way where it'll wipe out most of Japan. If he keeps using like, it, get hairy palms as well. That he'll blow up. But um, yeah, he's he's like a total arsehole for the whole show. Um, yeah, until sound, like he sound like a nice bloke. The last eight or so episodes, stuff happens, and even though he's still a bit of an arsehole, he still sort of realizes you know the error of his ways and Does stuff. Realizes Jesus? that he's been used. He finds Jesus. Because he starts sort of working for the villains, but he thinks he's in control, but he's not really. And he prays to God and he goes, but, um, God, tell me what I'm meant to do next. No, he doesn't like, do that. Anymore. And he's like, punch that guy in the face. They're not going to do that in Japanese shows. Cause They're like, no one cares Bodhi, about tell that. me the path that you tread to find a solution to this issue. Go on about now. Get off your computer. What? I'm talking about Bodhi. Stop looking at memes. All oh, right, fine. I'm not looking at memes. You're like, looking at your NFTs. I'm buying games. Again. I'm buying games on the eShop. Buying NFTs. Buying NFTs. Getting my Ethereum in, and then I'm going to mint my NFTs, and then I'm going to be like, yo, bitches, I got NFTs. I'll be like, what are NFTs? And I went, really easily copyable digital piece of art. I'm like, why are you paying money for those NFTs? And I'll be like, because I'm making money, baby. I'm a white guy (laughs) with too much money, burning a hole in the planet to buy some JPEGs. No. I'm never going to buy NFTs, Ant. I might sell NFTs. I might start doing it. I might just start drawing stuff and just popping it on there, minting yeah. it, selling it. I mean, how much worse can it be than the art that's already... It can be a lot worse. Mm. Yeah, because there are people that just They probably love it. They love just absolutely They love trash. shit, yeah. But anyway... Well, those bored ape fucking things. They're the worst pieces of shit in the world. People are like, oh, bored ape's so cool. It's like, it's not cool. It's shit. It's actually shit. It's actually the worst fucking worse than the drawings on Pogs. I know. That's kind of... Someone did mention that NFTs are a lot like Pogs. Because you know, like, back in the day, when, when it came to Pogs, it'd be like, oh, I've got Alpha Pogs. You'd be like, what the fuck is Alpha and Pogs? Like, I don't know, but I want to spend money on this fucking thing for some reason so I can own it. It's the exact same thing as Pogs. This is what happens... Yeah, but Pogs are a real thing. Yeah, but this is what happens when you raise kids to buy fucking mystery bags full of shit. 
Pokemon cards, Pogs, FIFA stickers, WWE stickers, all of it. It fucking ruined society and caused NFTs. I'm off my horse now. I'm going to stop talking about how stupid people that fucking sell NFTs are. Are you though? How dumb those cunts are. are. How fucking dumb those stupid cunts are who sell NFTs. I'm done. Don't talk about it. I was trying to talk about Abba Ranger. Oh, sorry, you were. Carry it's on. a really fucking good series. Yeah, you were saying it's, it's a bit wacky good. at it times. It's very dark. It gets wacky and serious, Someone but it does it naturally. baby. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, he's got a little girl. She's called Reggie. Well, mm. no, the other person was forced to give birth to a baby. Yeah, but that's a baby. The baby grows up really quickly. Oh, so he has to take care of that baby. No, it's a different baby. There's, There's two babies. There's a child, okay. which Ryoga's looking after. Yeah. The Red Ryoga Ranger. Ryoga. Ryoga. Much better. And the villain's got Reggie, who's a little girl... The villain's baby thing. She grows up really quick. Yeah. Starts off as a baby, grows into like a 10-year-old girl, and then later as a teenager. Um, bit creepy when she's a teenager. I was going to say, that's usually done so Japanese people can imagine fucking Well, she looks like a 14-year-old, but the actress was like 21 when Next. they were filming it. Next, you're going to be telling mm. me that someone's written a fucking 500-page essay online somewhere where they're like, Listen, she may be, uh, she may look like a 12 year old, but she's actually a 4,000 year old demon. I think they intended for her to be adult, but she looks genuinely way younger than she should. <laughs> Perfect for the pedos that like Lolly. Mm, yeah. And all that but, kind of shit like that. Everyone's good. All the mons, all the robots have personalities. I like that. I like it when the robots can talk. I like it when all the, the mecha have personalities and not, they're not just, you know, machines. That are a means to an end. Because then if they get trashed, you feel bad for them. You know? You'll feel a little bit bad. Um, But yeah, fantastic series. Just all around one of the best Super Sentais. It's, it's going to be in it's going to be my top five Super Sentai shows now. Oh, that's good. You know, and I've, I've watched like 13 of them now. The 45. There's a lot to get through. There is a lot to get through. Yeah. I've almost finished Car Ranger. I don't I know why you're doing it to yourself sometimes. It's good. I like Super Sentai. I like watching yeah. giant robots and the monsters. And wacky shenanigans, and um, yeah, I'm watching. I'm nearly finished Car Ranger, and that's got Zonette in it, and Zonette's lovely. Um, she didn't do much other than Car Ranger; she did some modelling, but that's it. But anyway, what are you reviewing now, you penis? Oh, cut in my ear. You got a cut? Oh, good. I hope you fucking deserve it. He hurts. Yeah. Um, my next review is gonna be. Look, I watched the film Tag. Have you heard about Tag Ant? Yeah. The 2015 film? Yeah. About the girl who suddenly all her classmates die? No, Tag's the one with Jeremy Renner and... Oh, there's two Tags. Oh. This one came out first. I want to talk about the Jeremy Renner one when Let's they play Tag. Let's talk about tag. both. Oh, I can He's talk about He's got a broken arm and I've they seen... famously had to CGI the cast. I've seen both of them, so I'm yeah. going to talk about both of them. Um, the Tag that I watched the other day is from 2015 and it's about a girl who is one day on the school bus. She's being picked on a little bit by her friends, but they're like sort of just jostling. They're just joking, just joshing. Um, and they popped her pop her pen on the floor, and she she's like, "Oh, I'll go and pick it up." She goes to pick it up. Suddenly, an invisible force cuts all of her classmates, cuts them in half. Just suddenly, there's blood everywhere. It's insane. Just slices them down the middle. She's obviously she bent down picking up a pen, and she comes back up. She's like, "Oh my god!" And then uh, and then people she gets off the bus, and then people around her are basically like, "Where um, did the bus stop?" No, the bus is still going because it's got the half the driver on it. But then eventually it comes to but a how stop. How did the driver stop it? The driver's dead. Yeah, but how did they? How did he stop the bus if he's been cut in half? Well, it just slows because he's not accelerating anymore. It's not putting any pressure on the pedal. Mm. 
Your body doesn't suddenly become a lot heavier and then only focused on that foot. Yeah, but it's going to crash into like, something. Like, so you sad. have to... Anyway, 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 and she gets off the bus and she goes to get some help from people and then suddenly they get cut in half. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? And then from there, she goes to school and she sees some of her friends and she's like, I had the craziest time. They're like, don't worry about it. And they all go have a nice day by the beach and they find like someone's bedspread because someone's been sleeping near the beach. It's uh, near a lake, sorry. It's not near, like, the sea. It's near, the, near a lake, so they've got, like, a little beach. And they were talking about the world, and they're saying, like, oh, everything's so surreal, and everything's so strange. And then uh, and then uh, they go back to school, and the teacher's like, hey, you guys, I know you aren't sick. I know you were just joshing about over by the beach. Bad people, bad people. You come to school because you need to be in school. And they're like, yes, Miss Teacher. And they all go take their seats. And then suddenly the teacher pulls out a minigun and starts shooting all the kids, and she... Kills everyone except for this one girl again. And that one girl then appears in the body of a policewoman who's going to be married. And the husband comes down the aisle and he's got a big pig head. And then everybody suddenly starts dying in the in the in the wedding. And so she's like, oh my god. And then she's suddenly a marathon runner. <laughs> you, you see where I'm going with this? It's very surreal and strange. It's essentially this girl finds like just everybody around her dies. And slowly over the course of the film, these weird, surreal situations start start happening. And she realises, well, eventually, she comes to the end of these this sequence of events and finds that she's in a video game, being played by a very old man who has a younger version of himself who comes out of nowhere and says, I'm going to sleep with you because I really liked you when I was in school and I saw you on the bus, but I could never sleep with you back then. So I recreated you in this video game so that I can be with you. And she's like, great, that doesn't sound creepy at all. And she breaks the guy's neck. She's like, I killed your younger self. And then she has to go through the sequence of events again. But instead of everyone else dying, before anyone else can die, she just fucking offs herself, which breaks the sequence. It's pretty great. So tag, that's 2015. Tag 28. That's not a review, though. You just said what happens in the film. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to that's it. That's not a review, though. I've got a review in comparison to tag 2018. You said you wanted me to talk about both. The other one didn't come in 2018. Mm-hmm. It was much longer ago than that. No, 2018. Didn't they believe you? Well, I had to put in the date to find tag 2015 because they got mixed up when I was putting in the title tag. <laughs> anyway, so tag is really good. It's very strange. It's it's very gory, which is fucking phenomenal if you like horror films. It's not entirely a horror film. There are some comedy elements there, and it is a bit like because it's surreal. It is played a bit lighter than it would be if it was an out-and-out horror film. Um but it's really, really cool. And it is a feminist, it's an actual feminist horror film made in Japan, which is something you don't always see. Because often. Oh, even... it's Japanese, is it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Sorry, did I not say that? No. Oh, it's Japanese. Are you sure it's called Tag? Yeah. So, um, I was basically, I was looking for a Japanese horror film to watch, and I, and I went for a few of them, and this is the best one I found. Because I also watched X Day, which is the hair extensions that kill people. Have you seen that one? What schlock are you fucking. It was a Japanese film. Basically, they find a dead body on this carrier and they go and open the body up and it's just full of hair and all the organs have been removed. And it turns out the body just continuously grows hair. And this guy who's a hair fetishist who works in the morgue takes the body home and he cuts the hair and sells it as hair extensions, but it continues to grow. And the people that get the hair extensions get killed. Real name is uh, Ryo Onegoko. What's that, Tag? Yeah. But it's actually called Tag. The Japanese name. I mean, I can see here reading the Japanese. It's not tag, but it's called tag. Yeah, I mean that's just an American name they put on it. All right, well, it's called tag. Do you know who performed the theme song? Who? A band called Glim Spanky. 
film called Tag. Uh, but yeah, so the hair extension film wasn't great. It was a bit meandering and, and where it could have been like quite fun. What are you going about now? I'm just quickly talking about my journey through J-Horror this week to review Tag. So next day wasn't very good. And then I also watched a film called Hedge, which is a low-budget Japanese film about a man who's possessed by a demon insect hive thing that causes him to transform slowly into a monster that eventually becomes a kaiju film, which I thought was going to be really fun, really silly, but it's just a lot of people screaming. And it's just a real down. Oh, fucking Takumi Saito was in Tag. Who? He's Carmen Rider Decade. Oh, okay. Um, and then I also watched uh, a film called Vampire Clay. Was he Carmen Rider Decade? He's in stuff. I'm going to review next time that we do a podcast rather than talk about it now. But anyway, so Tag is really fun. It's fucking weird. Sometimes it's hard to get a hold of in terms of like where you are and what's actually happening with the, Garo, the film. not Carmen Rider But um, But the film does does a good job of sort of like giving you that information. It's just it, it, because it's a Japanese film that's then translated with subtitles you tend to find that sometimes the dialogue doesn't really match what they're trying to convey with the with the writing the nuances of speech uh, but there's especially there's one particular character called Aki who um, who is really fucking good and pops up in each of the video game segments to help her friend and she's just like hey quickly we've got to kill these people and then once we've killed these people we go on to the next level she's like what are you talking about and she just starts grabbing people that are like helping her get ready for her wedding and starts snapping their neck and breaking their arms and stuff and this character Aki's just like just follow me do what I do you grab here and you twist <laughs> like that it's all so matter of fact I was like go on Aki get in it done um, it's still tag yeah it's still tag uh, but yeah just because it was so much fun I really enjoyed it like the opening really does set you up with some intrigue and it's just fucking great and it's it's just the kind of thing that I that I wanted to watch. It was just a shame that it was the last one I watched because Hedge was so difficult to find and people kept going on about it being this art house thing and I was like, I'm really looking forward to this. It was a slog. It was boring. It wasn't very good. Yeah, you're not very good at watching art house cinema, are you? Well, no, Hedge is only an hour long and that kaiju ending is kind of like it's the main thing to watch it for because the build-up to that is what's so interesting. But it's just the dialogue scenes between people, even though it's... even though. You know, like, sometimes foreign films, the nuances of speech are lost on us. Like, sometimes when you're watching a French film, like, someone will try and convey something, and it it seems like anger to us, but it would actually be more like, more, more like, uh, um, jubilation in some, some speech bands. And you sort of, you miss some of that, that conveyance of that, that information. In this, everyone speaks in a monotone. Even the wife, when she's seeing her husband, like, there's a moment where she finds her husband in a car park eating her friend, who's like this psychic person who tries to help him exercise the demon from her husband. And she's eating him. And she goes around the corner and she goes, uh, what are you doing, dear? And he just turns around and goes, oh, what have I done? Oh, what have I done? Like that. And you're like, dude, you're already in monster form. Like my first reaction wouldn't be, what have I done? It'd be, what the fuck has happened to my arms? Like, you know, and it's just, and it, it, like, it's the you're way You're trying that, to apply logic. Yeah. You kids today. A little bit. Um, and, and the problem with, the problem with X Day, the, the hair extension movie is, as I said, for a Japanese film that's involving hair and involving demons and like the shit that they're really good at normally with things like Ring and The Grudge and all the other, like the, like the um, Dark Water movie, The Eye, you know, all that shit that they've done in the past. That stuff's fucking phenomenal. And then you've got something like this where it's like, it's a genuinely creepy idea. Like this guy is so into how he's sniffing it and like the bodies and stuff and he shaves one of the bodies and shit like that. And the police are like, this is fucking weird. This is creepy. 
And then the police completely disappear from it. They get killed off. And then there's just people going like, we sold you some hair extensions. And they're like, yay, hair, hair, hair. And you're like, what Maybe you just don't this? understand other cultures. What is this? But then Tag, Tag just hit the right. It's just great. Fucking great. Loved it. Yeah. Um, but Tag, I'm going to give, I'm going to give a Helen Mirren. It's, it's not perfect. It's very, very good. Very enjoyable. And I, you know, I think that if you're into like sort of J-horror stuff, I would, uh, I would give it a go. And your review. I was going to review Tag starring um, <laughs> Jeremy the Renner. Journey, Jeremy Rimmer. Jeremy Rimmer. Jeremy Rimmer. Renner. Because he loves rimming. No, he loves putting guns in his wife's mouth. And threatening to blow her brains out. That's what he loves. Anyway, don't look up. I watched it. Oh, yes, yeah, so did I. Yeah. Um, it's a film where basically Leonardo DiCaprio and um, his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer, what's the name? No, she's she's an under, undergraduate. <laughs> what's the name of the actor? Um, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. She's so they discover. They discover. She discovers. She discovers. Yeah, but he works. That's a key point to the whole thing is that she discovers. Yeah, well, it. she gets named after her. Good for her. Yeah, but she gets named after her and then she gets completely dropped in all of the interviews and stuff because she's being honest about it. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. they discover an asteroid that's yes. heading towards Earth. Comet, big one, planet killer. Everyone's gonna die. Yeah. Naturally, the world freaks out and everyone believes them and they go and stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever no, the credit scene? For because this? we live in 2020, somewhat, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they, that's not, it's not what happens. Mm. And I've seen loads of people saying it's unbelievable and it doesn't make sense and they're pushing the satire too far because it wouldn't happen. And I'm like, you realise what's going on? You realise this film's not about a comet. This, this is about climate change. Mm. This is about us facing uh, an easily avoidable situation. Not easy, but an avoidable situation where we know it's happening and we know it's going to cause all sorts of damage and things. But instead of us doing anything about it, everyone's just concerned about how much money they're going to make and making it light-hearted and entertaining and downplaying the seriousness of it. At and every first, time someone dares to actually make it really clear how important and bad it is, like, you know, they get shut down and people try to silence them and call them a crank and a, c- a kook and a crazy person. The thing is, though, is that I suspect there's going to be a lot of right-wing nutter types who are going to probably think this is, like, validating their views on, like, you know, thinking the New World Order's coming and how, you know, oh, no, this is about, like, us stopping those woke lefties and stuff because, you know, they they just want to shut us down, us crazy people. They won't listen to us. Well, I like to think that... Um, They're going to. There's going to be a lot of, I think that the exact same people also see it as a message about how if we just believed more in the stuff that the billionaires were doing, yeah. it might have worked. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know like how, like the whole point is that you've got those two points of view. You've got one where they're shutting everyone down. They're like, think of all the jobs. There's people like, I've seen saying, oh, I watched it and the ending was a real bummer. And I'm like, what were you expecting? I loved it's the the point. If the ending was anything else it. other than what happens, it wouldn't be the right film. I fucking, I loved that That's why I like knowing. Because <laughs> knowing dares to end with yeah. the world with, because knowing's the same film. <laughs> Knowing's a film where a guy's going, I know something's definitely going to happen. Aliens. And all this shit's going to go... Except in knowing he doesn't know exactly what it is. He yeah. just knows something's happening. There's a countdown. And everyone dismisses it. And then the world ends. But, um... No, this film, it's really smart. It's really well-written. It's, like... It's Great crazy, cast. like, friggin' Adam McKay going from Anchorman to this over the years. Like, well, like if you watched he's The changed Big Short... No. And, no. That's good. It is actually really good. The Big Short's a really good film. It just, it panned I don't us. know what the last film was I watched of his. I mean, Anchorman 2. No, I didn't work. I didn't even get through all of Anchorman 2. Anchorman 2's a fucking dog show mm. movie. 
If you want to keep talking about it, oh, I'll look, see what he's released and we can have a look. He did a bunch of other films recently and I didn't watch them. So there, because I'm cool. But I, I just watched this because I, well, I, I watched Vice as well. Because I like watching Leonardo DiCaprio do comedy stuff, which he rarely ever does, because Leonardo DiCaprio is quite good at comedy. He is. He's he's, he's really good in this. I was surprised at how... He's one of those actors who everyone thinks they've got worked out, and then he'll just go and do a performance which is completely, you know, out of what you expect. Like, the frigging performance in Django Unchained is the best part of Django Unchained. Like, like did you... F- I get the feeling that they were expecting him to be, like... Leonardo DiCaprio will, will like worked out and quite preened because mm. they keep referring him to to him as the handsome scientist, mm. but he's quite schlubby in this. But it's just because they put, they did his beard nice. <laughs> well, they chubby mess in the. Yeah. He's like he's just like oh the handsome scientist can come back, but she is not welcome here. Mm. I um I'll tell you who really I appreciate in this because Jennifer Lawrence is amazing in it, but Timothy Chalamet so good in this. Don't care. Did you not like him? Well? It does nothing. Do you not? Oh, I liked it when he got in the house and he goes, do you game? Because I'm online. And she goes, why do you think I game? <laughs> like that, that, that was my thing. So, <laughs> I, like, I like the way that he interacts with her in a positive way. Like, it's it's weird that, like, he originally starts doing it for content and he, like, invites her to think, goes, you're crazy, just come with us to this party. And then, like, he becomes, like, a genuine, like, a nice presence. Especially in the film. He's only in, like, dinner. four scenes. Like He's in it for the last hour. And he's nah. in it quite a bit for that last hour. Not for the last hour, like, like last half hour. Last. What was the what was the line about fingerling potatoes? I fucking love fingerling potatoes. <laughs> but like, I really appreciate that. Appreciate that last scene. After watching, I recently watched Silent Night, which is kind of a similar story. It's like climate change is going to the garbage day. No, Silent Night is um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. No, that's a different film. Silent Night is the Kira Knightley one. Kira Knightley and Matthew Good are like hosting a a Christmas party for all their friends. And they're hosting it as their last Christmas because they're all going to take this pill and kill themselves because there's this gas spreading across the earth. Yeah. And essentially causes you to hemorrhage out your eyes, your nose, your mouth and kills you. And their little boy's like struggling with the idea of not doing it and being concerned because there's people, basically only the rich and sort of like the middle class and up get these pills. Everyone else just sort of gets left to die because it's a Tory government around the time it happens. And he finds out that homeless people are going to be left out there and it starts seeding doubt in his head. And he's like, well, if homeless people are being left out there, then who's going to look after them when everything goes wrong? It's like, you won't need to worry about that. We're going to a better place. And it ends with everybody taking the pills except for the little boy. And he just wakes up and like the gas has traveled over and he just goes outside and it's like winter and stuff. And it could have played so much better if they had followed through with some of the ideas they seeded before that because there are other people that doubt it because the kid's talking about what if we live what if, and there's like animals that he sees outside when he runs outside and he's like I don't want to take the pill and runs away from home um, and you see the gas building up and stuff and there are animals living within it so it's hinted at that they're still living people but it's brought to a crushing halt because they see a car full of dead people whereas with this that final dinner scene where they're like prepare this lovely dinner they're never going to get to eat because they're all just sitting there, like everything's played up, and no one eats. Everyone's drinking and talking and interacting. Sure, it's on the dinner. Yeah, but no one's eating because it's not about the dinner. It's about them all being together. Jennifer Lawrence's parents, when she goes home after losing her job and having to like basically return in shame because her boyfriend dumps her, and and her parents are like, "We don't want you here because we don't want anything turning political." <laughs> it's like it's not political. The world's ending. About switching. What? What? You- <laughs> That's not the dinner party. What are you on about? I'm talking about um, Don't Look Fucking Up now. You and you're Sorry. changing the subject. Sorry, I watch too many films and I, you know. You kids, they just stop watching all the films. But Don't Look Up, yeah, it's incredible. It's has a, has one of my film. favourite lines in it. Like, at first I was against the comedy, I wanted them to blow it up. 
But then I heard about the jobs is bringing it. I, I like the idea that America have used their nuclear deterrence to stop other countries from stopping the comet. That was fucking great. They keep fucking up the rocket launches. That was incredible. Well, they they just turned the rocket around because the moment they got told, oh, we can make loads of money from this. <laughs> it's turning around. Why is he turning it around? Yeah, Ron Perlman at the end. It's like, you're never going to take me alive firing a gun into the sky. But no, I liked it. I, I really liked it. I thought it was an incredible cast. Um, and I think that, you know, the ending was fucking hilarious. The after credit scenes especially were great. Did you watch them? Yeah. Didn't you spoil the entire film? spoil the entire film. But yeah, I really like this as well. It was nice to see Leonardo DiCaprio acting in someone he was truly passionate about as well. Because he's very much a hippie about the whole climate change and stuff like that. He's very much a hippie about 20-year-old girls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's good friends with Jonah Hill, so he wants to work with Jonah Hill. Meryl Streep's amazing in this. Mm. Do you think that's really her naked? No. No? That's a body double. That's a body double? Yeah. You don't think Meryl Streep's getting naked? Meryl Streep would get naked. No, that's a body double. No, Meryl Streep would get naked. I reckon Meryl Streep would get naked. I'm going to um, Google Meryl Streep. Dozen naked. Um, adaptation. But anyway, Don't Look Up's really good. It's nice, nice to see a satire going on nowadays. People struggle with satire now because the real world's just stupider than you could ever imagine. So their whole thing with this was just to do a really good depiction of how stupid the world is right now. Um... Because that's that's the way to do it, isn't it? You can't really, you can't really go more ridiculous oh, than what's actually. There's, yeah, of course it was. You can't really go as ridiculous as the real world, more ridiculous than the real world is, because you know the real world's this ridiculous. But you know, even though Meryl Streep wanted to do it, I'm sure she did. She'd say it all the time. I'm sure well, Meryl Streep would get naked, get knackers out. What was the film she did with uh, Clint Eastwood? Bridges of Madison County. Yeah, that was a bad film. <laughs> People really love it. It was a bad film. It's not for you. It's for your. It's for mums. <laughs> That's what I want to flick it's a, a film bean for mums to. to watch. <laughs> well, it's that not Clint a sexy Eastwood. film. It's about sex. Yeah, but it's not a sex. It's about, film. It. It's about middle-aged people. No, I'll tell you what's a sexy film. Daniel Craig in the, uh, the freaking... mother. Have you seen that? Yeah, that's freaking. Why you just, Have you seen the mother? Can you just go concentrate for two seconds? <laughs> ADHD. ADHD. ADHD yeah. for the win. Anyway, yeah, really. Nicely made stuff. Yeah. Nicely directed. Um, you know, Kate Blanchett. I loved her in it because it's Kate Blanchett. She's Kate Blanchett playing a fucking Fox Fox News anchor. No, she's more of like the morning talk show yeah. host person because they're not really they're not a right wing channel that she's part of or anything like that. They're just entertainment news, aren't yeah. they? Um, her with Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry at the end. It's yeah. just like, do you just talk shit about people when they start drinking? Mm. So I don't think the I don't think the entrees are coming. Let's just talk shit about people. Um, I think I got the big, biggest laugh was probably when they all leave and leave Jonah Hill behind. <laughs> yeah, it's like good. they're coming right back. Yeah, they're coming right back for me. <laughs> but no, it was it was good stuff. A really nicely made film. I don't know why they didn't just send a bunch of uh, miners into space to drill a hole in it and plant a nuke inside it. Oh, I'd be so good if they had a joke about that. Yeah. Um, Mark you couldn't Rylance. train astronauts how to drill a hole in an asteroid. Mark Rylance might be my favourite person in all of this, which surprised me because I'm not the biggest fan of his. Like, he was good in some stuff, but like I've always felt he's a bit of a meh presence. I don't know who he is. He's the guy who plays the tech billionaire. Yeah, I don't know who Mark Rylance is. He was the he was the old guy in Ready Player One as well. He played like the same character essentially in Ready Player wow. One. 
But in this, he was just like out and out a weird fucking guy. And it's when he walks into the room and like, are you allowed to just walk in here? He goes like, I'm a super diamond package donor, so I can just go wherever I want in the White House. And Morrison's like, so that's true. He can go wherever he wants at any point. It's like, it doesn't matter. Just a billionaire, just fight by... It was just essentially fucking, what's his name from Mark Zuckerberg? He's a, he's a pastiche of... Yeah, Zuckerberg Musk and Elon and, Musk, yeah. Yeah, all them All twats. those fucking idiots. None of them are good people. Anyway, don't look up. Yeah, it's all right. Good, good. You know, watch it. Give it a watch. It's on Netflix. You know, you might as well, might as well give it a watch. You it's know? a bit long. It's two hours 40, isn't it? It's not that long. Yeah, it's like two hours it's 40. It's not even two hours, I don't think. I thought it was like two hours 40. no. No, it's not two hours forty. I don't sit down and just casually watch a two hour forty minute long film. Freaking, I ain't got two hours forty for Two anything. hours twenty five. It's not that long. Yeah. Freaking liar. No, two hours twenty five minutes. Um, you still haven't watched The Irishman? Yeah, I can't be asked. It's a great film. Yeah, but I just, I just can't be asked with. Just watch the scenes where Joe Pesci's an overweight. Scorsese's old best films aren't his crime ones. Which one's his best film? His best films are the ones like Kings of Comedy, or which is sort of crime one, but. Like, his best films aren't his gangster films. Goodfellas. Hugo. Friggin... Hugo. Yeah, Taxi Driver. That's a crime that's film. Not a, that's not a gangster film. It's a crime film. It's not film. a crime film. It is. It's about a guy who's... He murders a, a bunch of fucking... He does crimes. He's not a gangster. <laughs> he is a gangster. He's not a gangster. He's trying to take back the streets. He's not a gangster. He's trying to... He's an angry friggin' guy who... He's, he's a friggin' right it's still, winger. It's, it's still a crime movie. Still crime it Jeez. is because he wants to commit crimes. Kids today, isn't that got Meryl Streep in it as well? No. Who plays the the lady working for the candidacy? Huh? He's dating someone in that who he takes to the. Who he's following around a teenage prostitute played no, by Jodie uh, not, Foster. Not Jodie Foster. No, the woman that he dates. He takes her to a porn film. I can't remember. Is it Meryl Streep? It's not Meryl Streep. Is it Diane Keaton? No, it's not Diane Keaton. Is it Diane Lane? I don't know. You're taking things off topic again. Yeah, I am. Sorry. Sorry, I apologise. Is it my review? Yeah, it's sure. Review I played The Pedestrian because I got it to Game Pass. Xbox came out this week. Devil May Cry. <laughs> the Pedestrian. I played the, pe- the Pedestrian. But Forza Horizon 5. I played that too. Just taking things off topic. For oh, right. To- yeah, you were thinking of Mass Effect when you said Devil May Cry, weren't you? Because the trilogy... No, I can't think of anything. Oh, um, but like yeah, you. I, played, <laughs> I played the pedestrian, and what a great time I had playing the pedestrian. It's a fun little puzzle game, just two D, two D act in platformer with loads of puzzly elements. Do you know what this game's about? I don't. No, I didn't play. I don't. Forget. So you play a little stick man. You're a stick man who appears on a sign, and you travel across different other signage within environments. Where you've got like this bustling environment behind you, and then you're basically on these just these signs and you have to work your way across from one sign to the next you can't travel outside of the environment so you have to sort of link them together so you can control your person then you can press the y button and it lets you move the panels around so they match your sort of journey you need to go on to like say get a key from one panel over to another and you just you you work your way all the way across until you get to the final environment and get to the final sign haven't completed it yet i'm about halfway through it's not a long game it only took me a few hours to get to this point. But it's so interesting and so dynamic in the way they've done it. I haven't got because... to the big plot twist. Pardon? You haven't got to the big plot twist. Oh, no. Not yeah, yet. the second half of the game is all about how um, wearing masks is oppression. And... <laughs> it becomes an anti-vax nightmare. Yeah. Um, but it's a really, really, really good game. It's really nice to have a puzzle game where it's it's got those platformer elements. And I haven't... 
I don't think I've played anything similar to this for a very long time, where it's just 2D puzzle. There's no combat. There's no, like, sort of, you know, there's well, no... What do you kill? You don't. You How just, do you kill things? You just it? travel through it. And as the signs get more and more difficult, there's a real sense of accomplishment to finding the right... Because at first, I was just trying to fit them so, you know, you could, like, go between each of the sections. <laughs> and that works for the first couple of puzzles. But then as soon as you start getting to the later ones, you're like, oh, okay, I've got to actually have that. So I've got to connect these rooms up, but then I've got to switch this and I've got to connect that. And if, you, if you're if you in a room and you remove the connection that means you can travel back to your first starting area, then you suddenly get teleported back to that and all your progress in that little area is reset. So you have to basically start again, try and work out what you're meant to do. Um, and there's like things like you'll get batteries and you place batteries and they'll affect like lifts in the real world. So the lift will go up and you'll be traveling up and then suddenly you'll be on another side. It's just really fun, really simple, but just I think that the, the simplicity of the actual game itself and then those backgrounds being so dynamic and being alive gives you this weird sense of like two planes of existence and you're seeing both of those things affected. And you know, it, it doesn't, do much with the character itself like the, the gameplay is, is strong and it develops over time but the fact that you've got that and then you've got another focal point is just lovely maybe just, what just, it's saying is, is if we stop and take in the world that yeah, yeah. we're ignoring yeah. you might see that there is a little man crawling around the stop sign he's, he's always on there he's just crawling around the stop sign forever trapped solving puzzles sometimes you see him on that one with the boulders on it oh yeah he's like yeah. dancing he's just moving oh, around no. but we don't notice him because we're too busy looking at you know our phones. The city and Our stuff, phones. yeah. You know, everyone just, just, you know, living in the moment instead of looking at your phone all day. Looking at pigeons my pigeons. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, Most people the sitting on a train reading their newspapers, living in the moment. <laughs> reading their newspapers, trying to hide the fact they're not wearing a mask. And then walking off the train with their newspaper wrapped around their face. Just cut little eye holes yeah. in paper. An elastic bandit around your head. Mm. Um, the pedestrian, though, really good. Really fucking good. Another strong game for Game Pass. And the fact that it is on Game Pass means you can just download it. Um, it's the kind of thing you just, a few hours, get it done. And it's not something that I... Get her done. <laughs> it's not something that I see a massive amount of replayability to, but it's just, it's nice that it's there and it's nice that it's a simple concept, not overly complicated, but done in a yeah, very... I remember it being traded like two years ago. I think it came out on PS4 around that time. Yeah. It looked I like think, sort of like the witness remind me of that sort of it's it's kind of puzzly like the stuff witness, but the, the witness is you know but probably not made by a um guy who doesn't understand what women are no no when also the witness is like environmental so you're moving stuff within the environment whereas this no the witnesses are all panel signs you sell signs on panels i mean there's there's more complex stuff that yeah. that does involve the environment but the by and large you're walking up to a sign and solving yeah, a puzzle yeah. on a sign you aren't really walking around an environment mm. like that in this there's no first person sections it's all side on you're always side on from your from your character just travelling through the little environment and like the puzzles like i said because it's like basically the name of the just, guy who did the witness it might be no what's the name of the guy no, he didn't it. do the pedestrian he hasn't is made anything. He's a horrible person. He's one of those ones who can't say and stuff like, oh, well, women just aren't interested in games and they aren't interested in technology and stuff like that. They're not as good at it and all this sort of thing. Oh, so he's a basic um, sexist cunt. Jonathan Blow, that's yeah, his name. Yeah, fucking weird. Yeah, he did the Braid. He did Braid and The Witness. That's all he's done. Oh, I was going to mention Braid. Hmm. Yeah. But I was going to make a video about Braid and The Witness and I was expecting him to come up with another game eventually. But it seems like no one wants to work with him. One of the questions, is Jonathan Blow pretentious? Yeah. <laughs> And then the answer is, Jonathan Blow is a pretentious individual. He's a weird one. I don't know where he... I'd much rather see some other people getting to make puzzle games. 
Like other people need to make video games and come up with smart, clever ideas than people like him who are just, you know, twats. Yeah. Let less Peter Molyneux and Jonathan Blows out there and um let's get more um let's get more people like the folks at Witchbeam. Who can make an amazing twin stick shooter and a game when you unpack boxes? What happened to the guy who made uh, who made uh, the Binding of Isaac? Are we still making games? Like the Legend of Bumbo? He's been doing loads of Binding of Isaac stuff over the years. He can make loads of stuff. He's done tons of games. Ed, Edward McMillan. Ed McMillan. Yeah. McMillan. Sorry. Yeah, he was a really nice guy. Yeah, I watched an interview with him where he was talking about like suicide and like when he was a kid and mental health issues. He's got a film about him. Yeah. Indie game the movie. About him well, that's, and Phil that's Fish. mostly about Phil Fish. Yeah, it's about three separate sets of developers. But, um, yeah, no one remembers Phil Fish now. <laughs> well, I remember him. Nah, mostly he was, just because Fez came out on the Switch recently, didn't he? I mean, he? he was super opinionated about stuff, but he quit when, um, friggin', what's his name? Marcus Beer. Yeah. <laughs> made fun of him. <laughs> well, he was making Fez 2 at the time, wasn't he? Yeah. But he also burnt himself out because he made Fez by himself, didn't he? No. <laughs> Did he not? He had other developers working with him. I he just, he just him. tried to convey the idea that it was just him working on it. Mm. Have you seen the documentary? I have. He but... comes across really bad in it. Yeah, I know he does. <laughs> That's mostly why I remember about the documentary. Mm. Oh. Yeah, Edward McMillan. McMillan, sorry. Seems like a nice guy. But yeah, the pedestrian, if you've got Game Pass, it's fucking free, so might as well give it a go. If you don't have Game Pass, it, I think it's like 20 quid. It's worth it. I mean, it's not just, free. It's if you're looking for the Game Cut Pass, you know. If, if you're looking for a, a nice little puzzle game, and I know there are a bunch out there now. There are more and more appearing, but it's a really nice one. If you're not looking at something like Tetris Effect, if you want something that's maybe a bit different from that, then this would probably be the one I'd recommend. At your review... Under development on the pedestrian, they've got development took longer than expected. After being unready to release the game, even after delaying the release date, the developers changed the listed release date to when it's finished. <laughs> Has it only just been put on Game Pass? It's only just come out on Xbox, all right? So they've just released it on Xbox. Yeah, literally this last week. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why I'm reviewing it. Aunt. Yeah, I thought it was a couple of years old because um, yeah. PC was like 2020. Yeah, I remember that coming out on. Yeah, ages ago. I didn't but play it's it. First day release on uh, Xbox along with. Well, I was playing Mass Effect as well, but I've never played the Mass Effect game, so I'm not very far into it. Loser! You're going to screw it up. Probably. I just want to keep you in mind uh, when you get to the end of Mass Effect 2, I didn't let anyone die. I want to see how well you do. I know people who let the entire team die. Oh, yeah, I'm going to let the entire team die, Ant. Hmm. I'm going to kill them all on purpose. There is one decision in Mass Can Effect. Can I kill Joker? Joker? No. Fuck. No, he's one of your buddies. He's got brittle bone disease, though, so. So I could kill him. <laughs> No, he's got a great arc. Does he? He he realizes Which a dream. Which does he make the laser? No, he's he realizes a dream that everyone who's ever watched science fiction, and Star Trek, and stuff like that has wanted to realize. He bangs the ship's computer. <laughs> really? Yeah. Can you not bang the computer? Because you can bang everything. No, she it. um, she becomes a member of your team. I think she's played by Trisha Helfer. I think. Um, but they make a android out of her. And then he falls in love with her, and she loves him. Cool. So, but I mean, the thing is, she must weigh a lot. She's made of metal. No, oh, that was it. The End Is Nigh was the other game that was made by. What? The End Is Nigh was the game that was made after the Binding of Isaac by Edward. Willis. Yeah, he's done tons. He's always doing stuff. He's busy. He's one of the most prolific guys back in the days of Newgrounds. Yeah. Did all sorts of random stuff. Like Edward Millen's been around for ages. Anyway, you dumb. Yeah. Oh, right. Matrix Resurrections. Oh, shit. I didn't give a review. I didn't give oh. a, a score to the pedestrian. Uh, the pedestrian, I'm going to give it a. Oh, you know, I'm going to give it another Heather Merrin. It's a really good game. 
You review it. Right, Matrix Resurrections. Oh, one Res- sec, no. <sighs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Matrix Resurrections is yeah. out. Yeah. And it's divided people All a over lot. the country. Um, but unlike The Last Jedi, I can understand why it's divided people. Why is it divided people? Because, like, some people don't like being told that they are a problem. The yes. Matrix Resurrections, for the first 45-ish minutes, is very much about how, like, people who watched The Matrix 20-odd years ago, fans of it, have basically tried to take ownership of it, twisted it into meaning things that they wanted it to mean. Like, you know, been angry about the ownership. Like, they've, they've, they've held on to it as if it's some precious thing that must never be tampered with. And it's some sort of, you know, amazing thing that only they understand and other people don't understand it. But, you know, they've all got their own opinions about what it's about and all this sort of stuff. And the first 45 minutes is entirely about that. It's not about being a sequel to the original trilogy of films as such, more that it's about the fetishistic way people hold on to nostalgia. Not just the Matrix, like, it's about everything. It's all about how people, like... They want everything to be recreated in exact in detail, and they want to keep seeing the same thing they've always seen again and again and again, with no differences. And it has to, it has to always stick to this perfect logic, and all this sort of stuff. You know, like the people who don't like that the last that's you know Star Wars dared to, you know, not center around Luke Skywalker. Yeah, because <laughs> they wanted more Luke Skywalker, didn't they? You know, they don't like it when a film does something a little bit different. They don't want things to grow or change. They want the old thing they already know before but exactly the same. And then they'll complain that it's not got anything new in it, but that doesn't matter. Like, you know, they like they loved Ghostbusters Afterlife. You saw a lot of the Ghostbusters fans who went nuts for it, and it's fine, but it's it's your memory of Ghostbusters. It's porn. Ghostbusters porn, isn't it? Yeah. Like, And also, like, for some people, what they think that you wanted from Ghostbusters wasn't what you got, it, got from either of the two sequels that we yeah. had. And I think that the idea that they could continue it and have it as something so entirely new, but at the same time homaging the other stuff, they could skirt that. They just line. want all they want is homages. All people yeah. want to see is see the thing they recognise, and that's what the Matrix Resurrections is about for the first forty odd minutes. Like the first, very first scene, it looks like a recreation of the first scene of the original film. Yeah, the whole busting on Trinity, but then little things are different and little things are wrong. But then you have got two characters sitting there talking about why would you use old code to recreate something new. Ooh, that's a bit on the nose. Mm. The Matrix is on the nose. I don't know what to tell you about the original films, but they were pretty on the nose. Like yeah. they weren't subtle. They weren't really clever. They were, they were clever enough, but they, they, they had an idea, and they conceptualised it well and presented it to you well. Doesn't mean it was a super smart film. You no. know, this wasn't you know some high grade friggin' theoretical genius work of art. It's great the first film, but that's this is the thing. This is about. That opening scene where they're just like, oh, this is different, this is wrong, this isn't how it should be, and all this sort of stuff. And that's literally, the you're, that's the audience representation there, watching this thing going, this isn't quite right. Did you see that guy posted a picture from the Boba Fett show? Mm. And it was a shot of Boba Fett as a child holding his dad's yeah. head. Yeah. And it wasn't exactly the same as the shot from Attack of the Clones. Because the bodies were different. And they complained and saying, this just proves that Disney don't care. And it's like... No, do you? Yeah, yeah. You're putting too much of your worth into. <laughs> See, look, this is what happens when you do No Nut November. Yeah, you become a fucking freak. But that's internet. that's what it's about. Like, you yeah. see Neo, or you see a guy called Thomas Anderson who's been working on video games for years, and he made a video game trilogy called The Matrix, three Matrix games that everyone loved, 
and you know that he had, everyone has their ideas about what they're about but now they're going to make a sequel and people like th- this film is incredibly meta and the way they literally just say stuff like they're going to make it whether we're involved or not so we may as well get involved and make it mm. like they're talking about discussing about making a new matrix game 20 years after the previous ones and that's like like it's amazing like, people can diss Warner Brothers for mismanaging stuff but you can't say they don't let the directors do whatever the hell they want in their films because how many Disney wouldn't let a director like criticize their own studio that no. heavily like no they wouldn't it's fantastic but um but the whole thing is about like every every element of the film is about taking something you already know and repackaging it in a slightly different way um i've seen people complain about the action in it and that's fair enough like the action isn't amazing or anything i don't think it's like shaky cam horribleness or anything like that people kept saying it was shaky cam it isn't really it's chaotic like practically every fight sequence involves shit tons of people in one place and they're all jumping over each other and getting in the way and things like that yeah and i kind of feel like that represents the whole idea of what people want they want epic battles and stuff when really epic battles aren't filmable they're not good to watch like you have tons of people in a small room it's just going to be a mess of arms and limbs flying around and mm. stuff like that. Um, but like when you see the mate Neo and fighting, and um, when Neo fights Smith, he's just called Smith in this, not Agent Smith. Um, when they fight in the room that is like, it's like a small tiny room, but it has architecture that matches the subway from the original film. It's got the beams, it's got the you know the pillars coming down with the arches, and there's like the tiled walls and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, um, their fight sequence is like perfectly fine. It's not the same sort as the original. We're not doing Yuan Yu Ping style martial arts. It's something that fits more with the John Wick style. But um, it is noticeable that it's definitely a lot slower and different and Keanu Reeves has got his force push thing that he keeps doing. Yeah, that seems to be his like his new move. His yeah. new big move. But it's but that's like that represents like repelling the people who are trying to take control of what it is he represents. Yeah. It's like repelling the fanboys who want to take the friggin' Matrix and turn it into... Because they did. The Red White Wing took the whole red pill thing and, like, just, you know, friggin' took it over and said, oh, yeah, if you're, if you're red pill, then you're seeing the real truth that's out there. But their real truth is friggin' crazy psychopath, friggin' nut job nonsense. Their truth is that the truth is the truth hidden below the truth, mm. explained to them by a pizza box. Yeah. Yeah. But Ulana Wachowski in this is just saying you don't even need to take the pill. It was never about the pill, which is in the original film. Yeah. Um, it's it's just, not about it's, the pill. You've already made the decision. Well, that's the kind yeah. of the thing. Like, a lot of people say, like, the whole point is red, uh, the red and blue pill thing is, like, they always say, oh, it's because they indicate yes or no. And I was like, red and blue don't indicate yes or no. Red means stop. Hmm. So, in all uh, in all reality, red would be the one to stay in the matrix if you're going by like binary yeah, in hindsight, you now know that the red pill represents the color of the, the yeah the estrogen jump yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that um, was around at the time, not around today. Now they're taking blue pills though. The um the uh, yeah. right wingers aren't they? Because apparently they think Viagra helps them fight COVID. It doesn't. <laughs> it does. It, you know, it means you're not going to notice the fact your dick shrinks when you get COVID. But you know, that's but a no, side I, effect. I, yeah, but matrix. I think. Like the first forty-five minutes or so, I loved the whole stuff outside the Matrix was like fine, and it wasn't as I didn't find it as awkward as the stuff in the set Matrix sequels. Mm. I think the first film does the outside the Matrix stuff perfectly because it's almost entirely on the Nebuchadnezzar, and it's all yeah. 
tied down. Um, it's that sweaty fucking Zion orgy that always makes me fucking feel <laughs> weird. Because it's like, is it a party or are they just fucking each other? Because everybody's like rubbing each other. And they're like yeah, but they're like, having a great time, man. They're free. So fucking weird. I like. I liked this film. Yeah, I, I loved. Kind of loved it. <laughs> I liked it. I, I appreciated that everything was. It was like, here's the old shit. There's a little sneak of it, and here's it new, like it's recontextualized so you understand what we're trying to say here. Um, the only thing that I can't work out is I know why they used a new actor for Morpheus, but the scene in which Trinity's replaced by another actress because that's inside the game. That's the no, no, I know, but game. but she later says, "Did you base Trinity on me?" Yeah, and they show her in the vi- in the original films. Yeah. So why does that model have a replacement Trinity? Because it's his model. He's not exactly making. But he's making it based on his video game and his memories. Yeah, well, he's not perfect. That's no, why but, but she did. says later, "You based her on me." Doesn't mean he got it right. No, but she looks nothing like her, so it doesn't make sense for his model to not have Carrie Ann Moss, or at least someone Both who looks like Carrie Ann tall, Moss. Broad-shouldered women with slick back hair. That's sexist. That's my... that's sexist and potentially racist. <laughs> No, but it's, you know what I mean? Like, I Plus, get... you would have been looking at a character model from 20 years ago. Fine. Which wouldn't look like the character that you see in that model. Yeah, but it would... She it... wasn't in that model thing. Yeah, that was the original film, yeah, but... though. That's the start of the film. And the reason No, the modal... so that model is a little thing he's created now. Yeah, it's his memory. Yeah, his but when she's saying experiment. she looked at the the game, she would have looked at the free games from 20 years ago, which would look like PS2 games. Yeah, but it still wouldn't look less like her. You know what I mean? It still wouldn't go in the direction where... You can recognise yourself in a character model from 20 years ago, and then the character you use for your modal is someone who looks nothing like Carrie Moss. I think you're thinking... No, I know, but it's just in my head, like, the problem is I can see why they replaced Lawrence Fishburne, because, you know... He's the only character... Only him and Smith are the replacers. I know, and you can see... That one in that modal doesn't matter, that's just a thing. I know the modal doesn't matter. That's part of the thing, is that it can't be exactly the same. It doesn't make sense for the modal to have a new actress... Because no, because she's four years the, old. I know, but thematically within the movie, everything they're trying to do makes sense for every other character. It's just Carrie Ann Moss being replaced. It drives me mad matter. because it's... I know I shouldn't care, but it's just the fact that But the whole point of that opening scene is that it's a little different from what it should be. I know, and that's fine. That's why she looks different. Just... Just accept that. No! <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I liked it as well. I like... A lot of people have said that the swarm's a bad idea, but I kind of like that. Like, it turns out everyone's just bots. Yeah. I like the idea that um, that they've found out that Trinity and and Neo, like before Neo was like the key component, he was like because he was the one, you know, once he unleashed that, once he saw the inner workings of the Matrix, he could do whatever he wants. And now they've been trying to like recapture that energy, that power that he had back in the day, mm. and use it to power the new Matrix because they are allowing people to just leave the Matrix now. Yeah, um, and I like the idea that they're like, we're going to bring him back to life. And we're going to trap him with as much noise as possible just so he's miserable, stuck in the Matrix, but powering it for us. Because he's powering all our machines. Like, he's basically doing most of this. Yeah. And the rest of it's bots. And I like the idea that Carrie Ann Moss is like, Carrie Ann Moss is a good person, so if we weigh her down with a kid, <laughs> she's going to be fucking trapped. And the worst husband in the world. That guy's such a prick. It's Chad Stalski. It is, yeah. The director of John Wick and John Wick 2 or 3. No, it's Kennedy stunt double. He is, In yeah. the original Matrix film. But yeah, like that's probably more the reason he was. Yeah, um, 
but yeah, I like I like the fact they acknowledge that like loads of people have different ideas of what the Matrix is, and they've they've done well to collate most of that. And that just that quick scene where they're mm. like, oh, "I was all about lever and bondage," and it's like that's his interpretation. It's all about guns. It's like that's his interpretation. Oh, it's a trans allegory. It's like yeah, that's your interpretation. That's actually. She doesn't say that in the film though. Pun? They don't actually say that in yeah, the they film. Do. No one says it's a trans allegory. Yeah, they in the do. Film. In the boardroom. I don't think they do. Yeah, they do. They genuinely do in the boardroom. I watched this film twice. Um, your mum watched this film. <laughs> But yeah, it's like, it is definitely a film that knows its audience. And for, for well, it's a film that knows its audience and it's um, being made in spite of its audience. Well, that's what's great about it. Yeah. It's, it's like, no, you don't get to decide what we make because that's what the film's essentially about by the end of it. It's like you, the audience, don't, which in this case is the Matrix itself, don't get to decide how we make our art. Our art is what we should make. The it's a director basically saying, "I'm going to make whatever the hell I like. Like, <laughs> I'm going to do my best to make the films I want to make, how I want to make them." And compromising is just going to create the same stuff over and over again. I do like the fact that, that Keanu Reeves didn't realize it was a trans allegory for the longest time. And he's like, yeah, they wouldn't I, have I know that." Time. Like, yeah, uh, but yeah, I I really like this as well. I like the idea of the swarm. I like the design of everything because they've sort of they've advanced. They've said it's been 60 years, so Niobe's still around from the original trilogy, mm. and she's like, we've made peace with the machines. Like, you yeah. killed yourself to make peace with the machines, and then that sort of fell apart, but factions of the machines believed that unity was the way forward, so they're helping us. Yeah. They stick to... And I like the idea that like they've been allowed to open up more villages and more towns and develop the humanity, and like, as I said, people were allowed to leave the Matrix now. It's less difficult to leave the Matrix. It's only Neo and Trinity that are sort of trapped properly in there yeah. and prevented from leaving um, that's because no one knows they're there though yeah I don't I wasn't a massive fan of you of, um, of uh, what's his name Neil Patrick Harris oh Neil Patrick Harris is I great like him. I like him as a character I just think that he became a very toothless character as soon as they like sort of realised they could fly he was just like oh no and, I mean I know that they can control that's the that's at the very end of the film he got his rainbow. he got toothless because she kicked his jaw off no, he got toothless before that. He retreated and then went and disappeared into his little room and they found it and they were yeah, like... he's not a fighter. No, well, he can, he can freeze time. Yeah, he can freeze time. need to be a fucking fighter. Yeah, but they break that. Yeah, I know. But yeah, um, but I liked it. I did like it. I liked the um, the car chase scene through the sea as people like fucking jumping out windows and stuff to blow up. It was a bike chase. Bike chase with cars. There were cars mm. as well. Cars driving. Um, and I, yeah... I like the Unreal thing. I think I talked about that last last time we were doing the podcast. I talked wow. about that experience in the Matrix thing. Yeah, that's not the film. It's not the film, but it ties into the film. Yeah. It ties into the ideas of the film. ties into the technology used in the film. Really good. I liked it. I, I thought mean, it was pretty great. It's the best sequel of the Matrix films because the other two Matrix sequels are like... Eh. They're a fucking mess, right? But I kind of like them. They still haven't given me my Vampire and Werewolf Matrix. <laughs> I would love that's that. That's all I fucking He came want. back. He came back as yeah, like, I brought my vampires! I did like that all the fighters in that sequence were all well, like samurais and shit and like... Well, no, a lot of them were played Vikings by... Vikings and stuff. played by people from that that scene where the vampires and stuff came out. Yeah, but they were all like dressed up as crazy <coughs> costumes <coughs> yeah. and things. But um, I, I still want there to be a Matrix thing that's set in the previous world. Matrix. Yeah, it yeah. was all like fantasy land. We made a Matrix that was just horrible. It was just vampires and werewolves and <laughs> demons. And you rejected it. It's like, I fucking wonder why, <laughs> champ. <laughs> I don't know. Really, it's a lot of good times, this film. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of good times. There's a lot to talk about. And I think that this is the kind of film that people will 
on repeat viewings, they'll find stuff that they latch onto and they enjoy. Yeah, but you got people who just don't get it. Holy fuck, though, Yaya does a fucking incredible impression of Morpheus. Like, he switches between this super charismatic guy that's loving doing what he's doing and then going to that sort of Morpheus, like that monk-style speech pattern. You know the guy who plays Morpheus in this Yeah. One? Yeah, yeah. He, uh... His... I'm concerned about Jennifer Henstridge. She's great as Bug. It's good. Yeah. She she's... turned down a role in Shang-Chi because she was worried that, um... She would get typecast. No, uh, she was worried that it would mean if they ever brought back anything from Iron Fist because she knew about Charlie Cox coming oh. back. So she was like, well, if they're bringing Charlie Cox back... They she... might bring Iron Fist yeah. back. Yeah. Well, she is Iron Fist now. I wouldn't mind her coming back. Just I'd do a film with her. Not Finn. Finn. Not Finn. Yeah, but I'd quite liked him as the cowboy Iron Fist. The idea that he's just yeah. got the guns. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. That is cool. And it, wasn't he working with that guy that was a villain for the first few seasons? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his brother. There's only two series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like... Um, yeah, I've, I've got a lot more positive shit to say about this than negative. I do... like. I'm one of those dickheads who likes the sequels, right? I, I have... I know that they're not great, but I kind of like the mech fight. It's a mess, I know, but I kind of like the mech fight. You feel ashamed of yourself. I do. I feel very ashamed. I even like the burly brawl. Like, (laughs) I don't care. I know it looks atrocious. But, like, when I was a kid, seeing that for the first time was just incredible. Yeah, I wasn't a kid. Yeah, you were, like, 100 years old. Yeah. And I was like, this looks bad. I went to go see Dreamcatcher to see the animatrix short that was playing before Dreamcatcher. Did you know that? Oh, God. That's how they it found it. It was on DVD. What? The Animatrix. No, this was before the Animatrix was released. They had a special sneak preview of the Animatrix, which was the section where they fight each other and then they go through the... She does the dive through the power station to deliver the tape so they know that the drill's coming. Yeah. Because they're the smaller skiff that go up and they see the drill and they're like, oh, we've got to warn everyone. And they're like, the only way we can do it is if we travel in the Matrix and they have to fight the robots as they try. It's great. It was fucking amazing to see. But then I had to watch Dreamcatcher. <laughs> Stephen's, Stephen King film. With shit weasels. Did you see that film? No. There's Tom Sizemore in it. No, oh, great. And uh, Morgan Freeman. Oh. And Thomas Jane. Yeah, I know. And, uh, I remember Damian the film Lewis. being out. Just, I didn't watch it because it looked like crap. And uh, <laughs> Jason Lee's in it. Mark, Mark Wahlberg's brother, Donnie Wahlberg, plays, mm-hmm. a, plays a man with... Uh, Star of Saw 2. Yeah, has... Saw played, Harder. And Saw 4. No. Saw more. He's only in Saw 4 for a minute. He gets his head smashed. Yeah. He's on a brick. He's like... He, he's the only person in those Saw films... Why are you going that, off on a tangent about we, Saw I films? I just want to quickly say that He's the only person in those Saw films who who, who did the homework. Because you know, like everyone else, they get their leg in that the in the handcuffs. And they're like, oh, I've got to saw my leg off. He just takes that toilet, toilet lid, breaks his ankle, and then just slides the cuffs off. It just crawls off with sock of meat attached to his leg. Just like, woo! Matrix Resurrections was really good, though. And it's at the end. I guess. What was your favourite moment in Matrix Resurrections? I said that the first 45 minutes is pretty amazing. It's a pretty big moment. Yeah, it's great. I like the whole um, little montage bit where they're making the game and the little Christina Ritchie cameo. Oh, yeah. Where she's like... Um, the media person. What's it she says about how, you know, they've got to bring all these new big ideas as we, you know, big original ideas as we start production on Matrix 4 or something. <laughs> she's been great in Yellow Jackets. She's in that series, Yellow Jackets. She's really fucking good. It's about a bunch of girls that get trapped in the woods for a year and a half. 
and they only four of them come back. Like it's a whole football team, and only four of them come back, and like they basically it's slowly revealing what they got up to. But it, you see in the first episode that someone was murdered and eaten. And mm. like you're like trying to find out how they got to the point where there's a mm. weird cult has developed between the girls. And Am they going to drag it out for seven series? No, like the people that Roya pitched is a five season series with ten five episodes. seasons. Yeah, but they've like it is a year and a half in the woods. Yeah, it's one series. We can get out of the way. No, no, it's, it's decent. It's a really good series. And like the stuff that's happening now is like is interesting stuff. It's not like um, Arrow where it's like. Hey, remember that time when we came into contact with the same fear toxin that's affecting the city now? It's like, yes, I was on the island. It's not like that. It's like um, completely detached. The two stories, they don't parallel. You just see the chronological bit of like the time period. So it's like one fifth of however long they were there. Yeah, they're dragging it out. They like it. It's good. You'll, you'll enjoy it if you watch it. I think it's the kind of thing that you'd actually be really into. You've got a kaiju. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I've tricked you before by saying that. Anyway, you're right. done. Yes, yeah, you're mumbling a whole bunch. Then that's going to get just mixed so this out. So episode 177 of Critipocalypse. You can find out at Mellow Gaming. You can find him at Reacting Sentai Yopa Ranger. No, I can't. You can find no, him can't. at Ant's Bot Collection. Yopa Ranger got shut down. You can find him at Mellow Gaming on Chris on YouTube, Twitter. You can also find him as LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter, and also Wild World's Hat. Which is the most successful Twitter? Yeah, the most successful Twitter ever. Yeah, how many how many followers have we got on World Wars Hat? We I said we. Yeah, this is all me. <laughs> Look right. If Taylor Hawkins can start a band called the Coattail Riders, free as the shackles of other people. <laughs> I do something on my own, <laughs> and I got described as a cute Transformers Twitter account. How many how many followers? Eight hundred twenty-three. <laughs> Look at you go. In six weeks. That's not bad. Yeah. That's the kind of growth you want to see. Kind I'll of show you some growth. Yeah, not the kind of growth I've got on my butt. Um, I wasn't... You can find me at Crit Apocalypse everywhere, including PlayStation... How many subscribers you got on uh, YouTube if you're Crit Apocalypse? Free. Free? Wow, God. Should I start posting stuff? Yeah, well, I, I, keep threatening, I keep threatening to post stuff on YouTube, but I just don't do it. I haven't posted something for about six years. Let's Plays are Dead. What are you going to post? I just post segments. Reactions. I just post segments from this. React to gym fails. That's what. I could. I could just live stream our podcast twenty four hours a day. No, because I'm busy sleeping and stuff. No, but like I wouldn't have to have the noise on on my laptop. It would just have to play. Literally, just stream it to YouTube for twenty four hours a day. <laughs> Should we see if that gets us a any waste of time? No. <laughs> we'll at least get plays on SoundCloud. You can find me at Critapocalypse everywhere, Twitter, Facebook. Tumblr. Yeah, you spent 20 minutes explaining YouTube. this now. Yeah. I'm a bit tired. Twitch. I'm on Twitch. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, when was the last time you streamed on Twitch? I've got four followers on Four Twitch. followers, jeez, wow. Crazy. <laughs> Zany. Doing some big numbers. I got up to 17. <laughs> Maybe it's time to contact PewDiePie for a collab. Yeah. <laughs> PewDiePie, you want to say the racist stuff? <laughs> You want to dress like a Nazi? Come on down. Well, um, Dan from UK Retrozone has been talking about rebranding his Twitter, so his Twitch, so it's not UK Retrozone anymore. So he's not just so people don't always expect retro stuff because he's been doing modern stuff. And he was asked for suggestions, so I just suggested he change his name to PewDiePie. I don't think he's going to do it. Doctor disrespect. Yeah, Doctor disrespect. 
<laughs> Poker main's free now. There you go. No, she's she's back on there. Oh. She's only banned for like 48 hours because she oh. watched Avatar, The Last Airbender on a stream. Wow, what a surprise. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, but I can't shut her down. What a, what a crazy... You'd Look, think someone with millions of somewhat followers would know not to stream TV shows. I was watching I was watching <laughs> MasterChef on Hassan's streams and uh, they get to an episode where they, like a, a certain character, like they're talking about this woman has like all these health problems. And she has a GoFundMe sale that hasn't had donations for ages and it got up to like 15k but that wasn't the target for her like because she's got like chronic psoriasis or something. I always she thought it was a skin born in America. It was like a liver thing. Yeah. Um, and she's she, the liver. Yeah. And so she he basically just he just dumped 10k into a GoFundMe for her. Like he did it all off the stream and stuff and then other people were donating and he was like wait wait what did you do? And he goes to it because it's $10 donation from my big purple veiny cock from Thanos. Love her son on the donations. It's just all horrendous shit like that. It's like a sans comrade cleaner. $10. And he's just, you're all filthy. You're lovely people. But you're fucking disgusting. But yeah, they got like, I think he made a 15k in like 20 minutes doing it on the stream. Yeah. Um, but he like, he's, he's good like that. He's a socialist, isn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he is. Not like uh, XQC. Who's... Who the fuck are you on about? I don't know who these people are. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> There's no names. None of them are real people. They're all freaking... What is, who's the streamer that you watch? What? The retro dude. Yeah, because he's like a regular person. All these people start like regular people and then they get famous. And then they get weird. Like me. Anyway, you're dumb. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you, you fucking... Finish with your bullshit now. Yeah, we'll get Beth's out. Yeah. Say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Oh, as always, Boris Johnson fucks kids. Oh, God. Um, and uh, Andrino crones aren't real. People are not drinking children's blood exposed to oxygen to keep themselves young because Americans look old as fuck. People keep saying they're like 25 on MasterChef, they look 50. The fuck are you eating? What are you doing in your bodies? What are you going on about now? They all look old. Americans always look old. Have you noticed this? Like, I'm 26 years old. They come out with, like, fucking canes. They look like Harvey Weinstein. I'm 33. (laughs) But I look like... Might as well fucking... It's over. I look like a 20-year-old. Right, bye. Really hard-living 20-year-old. like 20 minutes of... (laughs) Like a 20-year-old that was born in Sahara Desert. You done? Yeah, I'm done. Bye. Bye, everyone. Just say bye. There you go. Thank you. Boris Johnson fucks kids. (sighs)